This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're Guess what? Oh, I think I know something good's coming out of this. What is it? A, What's going on? I have a Christmas in July present for you. I love Christmas in July. What is it? What do you think it is? I kind of have a feeling hockey's coming back. Hockey's coming back. Woo! Yeah, buddy. I am so pumped for this. So pumped. Huge, huge episode. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast episode 185. We're recording on July 12th. 2020 and this show is brought to you by betonline.ag wow this is great we had a little hiatus for the uh the fourth of july weekend family times you know and so on. we've got to do it but uh welcome back to the program heather hello What's glad up? to be back here i'm very <laughs> pumped this is exciting hockey's back i ceremonially switched out my regular season and playoff scarves I'm getting ready to go. Although the debate on whether I wear it for the first play in games, is that really playoffs? I don't know when to put the scarf back on, but how was your week? It was or good. Two, actually two. Very good. Um, uh, yeah. Work was work is work. I'm working in a new area, but we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Cause I have no work in my area. So we've been floating around as a free agent. I don't mind it as long as I'm making money and raking up that OT. I love it. That's but, awesome. Yeah, everything's been good. It's kind of hot today in the office. Sorry about if you can hear the fan, folks. I am not doing the show without some air moving in the in the uh, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast studio. So If you don't live in New England, it's been miserably gross, humid, hot, whatever, for the last week or so, at least. It was horrible this week. So I support you. I don't care if there's background noise. Everybody can just take a seat because 
It's hot. It's hot, hot and humid. I hate I my Viking blood hates this kind of weather. <laughs> Too hot. Hot in the hot tub. It's hot. <laughs> so I'm anyway. Not like it's hot either. I'll be right back. So anyway, we do have a a really huge episode this week. Um, and more or less it's gonna navigate on the uh, the news that broke on Friday between the NHL and NHLPA in their return to play. We have a ton of things that we got to talk about on that. It is Bruins related, but it's league-wide news. So um, we went to the NHL.com media uh, frequently asked questions, and we punched out a few things that we're going to talk about uh, from that. That's a 16-page document. You can find that on NHL.com or at NHL on Twitter. Check it out. All the information's right there. We're going to talk about it then. After that, we have my boy Chris Mancuso. He stopped by to talk about the new TarpsOffHockey.net website and everything that he's going on over there. Chris is a huge, huge Bruins fan. He's the Celtic King, chess salad master, everything. That guy is a a constant worker and one of my best friends. So uh, stay tuned for that. What's up, Mancuso? Please never do that again. No, I'm just (laughs) just kidding. What's and up, then, Chris Mancuso? Glad you stopped by for a chat with Mark, and congratulations. Yes, and, and to end the program, fittingly, we are going to do our Bruins all-time draft. And that means we take all players that we think are notable of selecting, whether you like it or not, opinions or not, we went through a whole list and drafted a whole team. So we have 12 forwards. Six defensemen, two goaltenders in our draft, and that will be in the second hour. So please stay tuned for that. A lot of people have been asking about that. So oh, it's going to be awesome, people. It was yes. fun. Okay, to, and full disclosure, we had the idea, and then we both are fuck shows, so sorry about that. <laughs> but this week, we got our shit together, and it was pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, everyone might be like, why do you have all the thousands of thousand players or whatever you could pick? But these are our people, so – just know to explain why you drafted. I drafted, like, personally, I draft with my heart, not just with points, okay? She's a character drafter. I'm a character drafter. I really am. Mark, he's like, mm, but I'd rather, like, someone to put up 50 points would be great. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, l- listen, before we get to all the, the, the news about Friday's uh, breaking news about the return to play, I do want to talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, NHL, and soccer leading the way. BetOnline.ag has all the best odds lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device and join to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. And we please ask everybody to use code CLNS50. That keeps us connected and that keeps us uh, with putting a little bit of cash in our pockets for, uh, for mentioning the BetOnline folks. Uh, BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. So, Heather... I want to talk to you and the listeners about what happened on Friday. So let me grab the iPad over here because I'm blind as a bat. The NHLPA ratifies new CBA with NHL resumption of the 2019-20 season. 
And to read a little bit that they wrote, the National Hockey League's Player Association membership has ratified the new collective bargaining agreement with the National Hockey League and the resumption of the 2019-20 season. With the NHL also have ratified the CBA today, the agreement comes into effect immediately. So now we have labor peace for six years. That means there's a lot of things that are coming involved. It was really good to see that these two sides came together in a pandemic and are making strides to get things to work. We will talk about the, uh, the Olympics later on, and that's going to be involved in the 22, I believe, and 26. So we are pumped for this. This is great news. So what are your thoughts on, on the ratification moving forward and the, um, the return to play? So overall, I'm very, very happy because we're not going to have a shutout or a lockout or whatever. Sorry, I don't know why I said shutout. I want a shutout. I don't want a lockout. And I always get nervous because the two sides never agree. But I'm glad everyone's on board for making sure the league can exist in six years and let's all work together to make sure we still get money, we still get paid. And there's a lot of like contingencies in there for like until league revenues reach a certain point and things like that. So that's good. And uh, obviously I'm excited for the return to play of hockey. We were wrong, uh, but we've had a spike in cases in North America and uh, South of the border here in North America. So I can see why they didn't go to Vegas, you know, so we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. I'm a little surprised they didn't put the conferences in opposite cities, but well, yeah, I was I was a little shocked about that too. About how, I mean, Toronto's in it and they're playing in Toronto. I just didn't understand that. I'm not sure if the fans are going to have no fans in the building are going to have anything on the home ice advantage. But still, kind of make it a little fair. Then you know, move the east to Edmonton and move the west to Toronto. That makes sense to me. Well, but, I guess oh, Toronto, time difference. Oh, I was going to say Toronto won't matter because they'll be out in the play-in anyways. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best thing about the Toronto Maple Leafs? They never make the second round. <laughs> they won't even make the first round technically this time because it's not a pl- it's not the playoffs. Yet. Yes, it is right. right. Be great. How's that going for you? No, I mean I don't know. We'll see what happens. But anyways, I'm really excited about that. That I was a little surprised about, but I don't know. 16 pages of like a summary of it and with all these links to reread. So I'm sure we'll be revisiting this. But yay, hockey's yeah. back. Yay, there's going to be no lockouts and, and anything like that. And let's move forward. That's what I'm excited about. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Let's move forward. That's a great segue. We will be touching on a lot more of these 16 pages in the next episode as well. We'll pick something else that is, uh, is, is, is relevant and uh, important. So, and that's probably the same word. Dumb, dummy that one. But anyway, let's talk about the arenas, Heather. Um, there's going to be five facilities. All right. There's going to be two rinks, but five facilities. And, and 10 sheets of ice will be used for games and practices across the two hub cities. In Edmonton, Rogers Place, Downtown Community Arena, and Twellinger Community Recreation Game, which center that has four rinks, will be used. The facility in Toronto are Scotiabank Arena and Ford Performance Center, which has three rinks. So there's going to be plenty of ice to get done for games, practices, and whatever. So um that's good news um what are your thoughts on that um yeah i think well it will suit its purposes for now like that i'm glad 
it's not like they're trying to play the season and put them in the two places because we're going to weed out a bunch of teams and kind of free up some space for all the social distancing and whatnot, like people you have to keep contained. So that's good. Um, and it's Canada, so I'm sure the facilities are good in both places, you know, not just being associated with the NHL, but, you know, Canadians take hockey seriously for a reason, I'm sure. You know, they're good thing and as long as everyone's safe and healthy i don't really care how they do it do you know what i mean like yep. I, if they can't i know they can't control everything i'm not asking them to be perfect but it, they seem to have a good reasonable plan on how to transport them keep them kind of in these you know certain rings and that's plenty of space i mean there's only 24 teams right how much practice will you be doing in a short order especially the first round right it's they're playing it's right off it's not that long when they get into the hub cities right right so anyways i was like i said i was a little surprised about edmonton and i was a little surprised they weren't doing but as for having enough space and have like in uh montreal in montreal in toronto it's the facilities are like right on top of each other too so even though they're different facilities it's really not that far i would assume it's probably something like that in edmonton too which is good because you don't want even if you get a rink close to there, that's still a lot of traveling that you have to worry about people, you know, there. So that's it. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm just timing because I just am so excited that they're coming back. Like, it's really real. They really signed it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, let's talk about some critical dates. Uh, on July 13th, training camps officially open. That is a requirement. Um, this, is, this is no more voluntary uh, skates. Uh, as they are right now and have been in the past at Warrior Ice Arena when they opened up to the kind of like captain practices, which I'm doing the air quotes, um, on July. T and that is actually tomorrow, which I'm super stoked about. And um, I think, didn't they have to also say by tomorrow if they're not playing, right? Yes, we'll, that, yeah. we'll talk about that um, later just on. Just meant with a crucial date. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, the 26th of July, travel to the Hub City. Uh, July 28th to the 30th, they're going to be exhibition games. August 1st, the Stanley Cup qualifiers begin. August 10th, phase two of the NHL draft is tentative. Uh, August 11th, first round begins. August 25th, second round begins tentative. September 8th, conference finals begin tentative. Uh, September 22nd, Stanley Cup final begins, and that's tentative. October 4th, last possible day of Stanley Cup final is tentative. October 9th through the 10th, the 2020 NHL draft, which is tentative. So, uh, yeah, so that those are, those are all the dates that are coming up soon to get everything back into, into, into play. We've still got another phase to go, which I think is going to be okay. Once everybody gets in these bubbles, I think that it, all the worries are going to be gone. Well, and what they've been saying about testing, too, is that there are a lot of tests they've given out, thousands of them at this point. And even though we've heard of some places coming back, people coming back positive, even the Bruins had one, which you expect, right, as everyone's gathering or whatever. A lot of people have already kind of reported back to their home base and have been starting to quarantine that process, to quarantine, to go to the hub cities. And this it's actually been pretty low numbers compared to the number of tests. So that's good that it doesn't seem at least going in that much is going to be carried into their little bubble with them. And that's what your goal is, right? If you can contain it best you can from the outside world and hopefully you don't bring it so much in with you. So that's good too. So, cause it's a tight time frame. Oh, all, all of that. So. Yeah. 
Uh, moving on to the draft and draft lottery, talk a little bit about it. Um, phase two of the 2020 NHL draft lottery, which will be used to determine the first overall selection will be held between the Stanley Cup qualifiers and the start of the first round. When is the NHL 2020 draft? The 2020 NHL draft is tentatively scheduled for October 9th and 10th, as I said previously. So here's my thing, right? And I don't understand this. And this is one of the reasons why I'm going to get a little angry, which happens a lot. Why did you have the lottery so many weeks ago? If you have time to go from the last game of the Stanley Cup final to the 10th of October, which in my math is four days, why couldn't all of that been done there? I don't understand that. And maybe it's because of COVID and they weren't really sure what's, what was going to happen, if they were actually going to have a uh, return to play at all. But that, ir- that, that irritates me a little bit because of the fact is that it all could have been done in October. Yeah. Well, I already said that, that that's what I thought all of it should happen in October. You know, you award the Stanley Cup late September, first week of October free agency opens up whatever October 1st, because even if it goes to the fourth, there's only a handful of players that are still playing and only a handful of free agents or whatever. You open that up, you do the draft lottery or whatever. Sure, things are out of order, but it's a COVID world, right? Or you have the draft, because let's face it, no one in the draft is playing in the final. So you pick a day on the off day, do the draft or whatever, like on the other days, you know what I mean? You do the second half of the first part of the draft or whatever, and then you finish the cup and then you do that. You know what I mean? I don't, it seems to me like everything should be done in October in short order, but you could have done all of it. You could have done the stupid draft lottero thing visually between the last two rounds, between the conference finals and the cup finals. Like there were a lot of options. All you did was serve to make a lot of people mad. And that only is because they were going to say just, you know, like, I don't know. Now you just have everyone mad about what's going to happen with the play-ins to happen with the draft lottery. Everyone's pissed Detroit. I mean, it's, yes, it's a lottery, but let's face it. Like Detroit should have been handed the goddamn number one draft pick. And then everyone else had to draft for the rest. Exactly. After the draft, I guess. (laughs) The whole draft and the draft lottery was an absolute shit show. You know what I mean? You're not going to figure it out until after the fucking cup finals. That's just dumb. But you're right. Why, why the hell was it so important? I know you want to get content on TV, but then you should have done it closer to after the first round, the play-in round or whatever, so that it can be resolved. Right. So that you can just hit the regular draft. Now you still have to do the other part of the draft before you can even do the draft. It just seems stupid when you're going to have all this free agency happening as well and try and get in a reasonable time frame to start the next season. Absolutely. You know, a lot whatever. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to, I never thought I'd say this. I'm going to have to trust Gary Bettman and Bill <laughs> Daly to work it all out. I can't, did I just say that? Yeah. I, you know, when you say wow. Gary Bettman, all I could do is think about uh, his, uh, the Wyshynski voice of him. You know, <laughs> I love that. Well, I love when Greg Wyshynski does his, uh, his uh, interpretation of um, Gary Bettman. Uh, let's move on to a little bit of escrow talk. Uh, this is a, a little bit of length here, but it's, it is kind of important on how the players and the union or the union and the, and the league work together with the owners. But um, the schedule below it lists the maximum escrow percentage for a given league year. Maximum escrow percentages 
2021 is 20%. 21, 22 is 14%. If preliminary HRR for the 2021 league year equals or exceeds 3.3 billion, that's probably going to go over when they get the new TV deal in a year or two. Uh, 18% if preliminary HRR for the 2021 league year equals or is below 1.8 billion pro rata rate in between 1.8 billion and 3.83 billion. Um, 2020, 2022, ah, sorry, 2022, 23, it's 10%. 23, 24, it moves to 6%. 24, 25, it moves to 6%. And 25, 26, another 6%. Um, I have another page here because, like I said, it's it's lengthy. Uh, to the extent that the, one, that the 24, 25 escrow balance is either less than $125 million or greater than 250 million, the CBA will terminate in the normal course of its original date of expiry, September 15th to 2026. Absent agreement for the contrary, the full amount of the remaining escrow balance at the page two of 71 conclusions of the CBA. I don't even want to read the CBA. Screw that. We don't have time for that. Uh, but due to a payable to the NHL on terms to be negotiated as part of any new CBA. So the escrow seems to, to, to work out um, for both sides, I believe. Um, I'm not good with numbers and, and what escrow actually does, but um, this was huge on getting, getting together because I know that the, the, the league is always saying that they never make any money compared to the other professional sports in North America. But, when it comes to, and they say that when, when negotiations come around for a CBA, but we know that the NHL is making a ton of money and the players know that too. So, and they want to cut of that. So to get for them to come to an agreement on escrow is, is huge moving forward. What are your thoughts, Heather? Um, again, I am not uh, a financial expert, but I do know that the escrow for the players in the league oftentimes is quite high and like you said as we've discussed it seems a little ridiculous because we do know that the nhl does make more money than they act like they do um so i like how it seems to be a, a split like okay you guys might have to eat it a little bit the next three years because obviously we have to save the league but we're gonna keep that like i don't remember escrow even sounding that low and since escrow even started you know six percent that's nice that it's freezed at that three so I mean, I don't know what that does for anybody who won't be playing, you know what I mean, on contracts then or whatever, but it's just nice to see going forward because that's kind of a win for the players, right? Because the NHL is notorious for kind of badgering the players until they finally come back because they're not the people who make $130 million a year playing their sport or whatever, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's nice to see that they – so when the league – is making lots of money the players will be making more of their own money you know i mean hopefully in three years so when things even out the players will be generating more revenue for the league and themselves you know so i just like it seems like a nice split between the league and the players everyone's going to get screwed a little in the next six years but let's get screwed together so everybody can make money and we can hopefully blow this up with a new tv contract Yes. I don't know why people don't still love hockey. It's just weird. It used to be huge, but it's not so regional anymore. And I think that's the problem. They need to get back to their roots of like regional television, you know, even in a oh. national broadcast way. That's my CBA. Like we'll talk about the CBA later, but the escrow part of it, 
Seems fair to me. There you go. Uh, free agency, the restricted free agent and unrestricted free agent signing period is tentatively scheduled to begin on the latter of October 9th or seven days following the Stanley Cup final at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So this is going to be a critical point because uh, I, I don't even know if they can talk during these playoffs with players like Tory Krug, Matt Grizzlick, uh, Anders Bjork, but that is going to be a very sketchy time for me uh, when it comes down to uh, locking up some, some future assets of this Boston Bruins team and maybe even one veteran that uh, is waiting for everybody else to, to get deals to see if there's any funds left uh, for him to come back for one more year, and that's 43-year-old Zidane Chara. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's true. I heard something about you can't negotiate or something. You can negotiate with your own team, but you can't negotiate with other teams until your team isn't playing anymore. And then you can start kind of shopping around. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. thing. I don't know if that's true. I haven't like seen the details of what free agency is. That's something we can look into and talk about. But I, I thought I had heard something like that, that it, that was the deal. And like, if people are already home and you're a free agent, you can be talking to people, but you can't actually probably sign until free agency opens. Do you know what I mean? Yep. That, that's what I heard, but I don't know that to be true. So don't quote me on it. Don't quote me on anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, Olympics. This is a big one for both of us. We are two huge Olympiads. No, that is the wrong word because we're not Olympics. We are not but, Olympians. Right. Right. But we love it. We love it. Team USA, baby. And, yep. uh, it's 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 so good to get back into this. I uh, still believe that it should be an amateur thing, but you know what? The way things are going and the way the NHL has been participating in, in I don't know how many years now, it's been a good thing for the products moving forward uh, to create more interest worldwide. So um, the NHL and the NHLPA commit to participate in the 2022 and 26 Winter Olympics, subject to negotiation of terms acceptable to each of the NHL, NHLPA, and IIHF and or IOC. So that is awesome. I know the players have, have spoken up several times uh, in these negotiations about participating in the Olympics. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I kind of think that they really wanted to be involved in the last Winter Olympic. Where was that, by the way? The last Winter Olympics. Was that Korea? Uh, it must have been. because And they didn't Sochi go. And then, no, they went to Sochi. Yes. Remember, that was a running joke. Like, Ovechkin was going to get his cup, and he had the World Cup, and, like, whatever. Yeah, so... So the, the 2022 are set the for China. Last year, the last ones they didn't go to, though. Yes, and that, was, they, that was Korea. They suspend, yeah, they suspended players if they did go and represent their yes. team kind of thing. And yes. a lot of players were like, okay, and they went anyways. For but, some unknown reason, I kind of think that, though, the NHL was, uh, as, a, as an organization was totally against going to those Olympics because I didn't see any financial gain that they could have gotten from uh, uh, participating. But – they do have a huge financial gain when, when it, you're talking about games uh, in, in China in 2022. So This is the thing that the NHL can't only want to go when it's like Vancouver and Salt Lake are the winter games, so it benefits them as a North Profitable. American. Right. So I was mad when they made it so that the professionals could go. I thought it was going to be interesting, but again, I was like you. I'm like, this is an amateur thing. 
But let's face it, amateur sports aren't the same as they were 20 years ago or whatever. What was Albertville was maybe the first one that I can't remember, maybe 94. I was mad. Oh, it might have been 98, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But whatever, either way. I was mad. But now that you let them do it for so many cycles of Winter Olympics, when you took it away from them, it seemed like a douche move. It just did, right? And it sometimes for your employees' benefit, you have to not just look at it as what will it benefit from you? Because you could play. Yeah, it'll suck for, for two weeks to not have your stars maybe. But at the same time, you can negotiate that they come home and you're like, oh, they could get hurt. Well, they could get hurt playing the Islanders on Sunday too, but no one's telling them not to do that, right? Yep. But everybody, I think, should have the right to represent their nation in the Olympics if their nation wants to represent them in the Olympics. Do you know what I mean? Yep. If, I don't know. It's just it, the product on the international, like on the hockey last time, dropped. Not because they weren't good players, but because now everyone's used to watching the NHL superstars and other like KHL stars or whoever, like the Swedish Super League people. They're not used to watching just kind of real amateur sports people anymore. You know, so for me, I'm very happy. I love the Olympics. I think everybody should be able to. I want a gold medal. I was too little to remember when we won the gold medal in 80 because I was only just a little kid. But I would really like America to win the gold medal because Canada keeps breaking my heart every time. (laughs) So, yay, I'm glad they get to. And I'm glad that you don't. So what's the recourse? You don't want your players. So you want them to play the all-star game, which means nothing now because of the way you do it. Every time you try to make it more interesting, you just don't. Just east versus west or whatever. You let everybody pick your all-star team, east versus west. You play. And then you have your skills competition. Not all weird. It doesn't have to, like last year was painful. Like just oh, put up terrible. targets. Terrible. Now. Right. So stop doing that. And if you want to make them go to that miserable thing, I don't think it's fair that you tell them they can't go to the Olympics and play for their country. Yeah, it's a good point. I'd rather give up that two weeks of hockey, you know, that miserable week of hockey and the shutdown every Olympic year and let them go play Olympics than ever have to live through a horrendous all-star game. And not playing the Olympics, watching them. True that. All right, let's talk about the traveling party that's going to be going to these bubbles. Um, Each club will be permitted to bring a maximum of 51 persons to secure the secure zones in its travel party, uh, air quotes, Uh, inclusive of club ownership players, coaches, club executives, club staff, and other club personnel, 52 if a security representative is included. Uh, Clubs are not permitted to have more than 51 individuals on site in the secured zone. Um, So here we go. A roster of no more than 31 players. That's three coaches, two club athletic trainers, one equipment manager, one massage therapist. Hopefully he does happy endings. Kidding, kidding. they are married. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, one ART therapist, chiropractor, one communications PR individual. I'm available if needed. Uh, one content creator, social media individual, available if needed. Um, one con- I already read that. One representative to serve as the club compliance officer. Don't want that job because you're going to be a guy that's going to be ratting everybody out. <laughs> If you leave the bubble, um, and the bubble, (laughs) and that is it. Uh, so 
Uh, speaking of that, I wanted to talk about and kind of elaborate on on what's going on. Um, I think it was it was uh, Elliot Friedman sent out a tweet a couple days ago, uh, and he heard word about the bubble and, and and when people get out of it and sneak out, what are the replications of them coming back? And I heard from Elliot in his tweet that there's going to be significant. Um, things that are going to be done uh, if somebody goes out and sneaks out and breaks that, that, uh, that the bubble, put it that way. So um, I heard that if somebody's caught at a bar and then gets, tries to get back into the hotel, uh, they're not going to be allowed to get back in. You're going to be sent right home uh, and possibly fined. Uh, you could lose draft picks. Uh, so it's, it's pretty significant of what's going to happen if somebody uh, you know, wants to get a late night hookup from a, a somebody in Edmonton or Toronto, you know, and, and come back with, um, that, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully they just buy into what's going on. You know, this is a, a very unorthodox way of doing things this year. 2020 is just a, a shit bomb of, of everything that the world has freaking been so, you know, troubled by. So, just I, I just hope all everybody, especially on the Bruins, just do what you got to do, go out and play, play hard, and just get it done. You know, so um, I think everyone is gonna anybody who does play, I think is gonna play by the rules because I I also again I mean I don't know where but like I've heard about the St. NHL Louis Blues. Well, no, St. Louis Blues when they're supposed to be home quarantining and doing their like their um their training, but they're supposed to be staying home and away from everybody. One trainer and three players got the COVID. Right. What I was going to say, though, is that the NHL, the reason that they're going to have really strict rules and enforce them is because it is a health issue and you want to play, then you're going to pay. And I've heard they're trying to do like, like I heard there'll be like sanctioned excursions from the NHL or whatever kind of thing so they can get out of the bubble. Yeah, but I heard I, golf know, courses. And we also heard like Bill Daly said that, well, he kind of implied that they're not going to be quarantined away from each other. There's been talk about, you know, as it progresses and less teams, like maybe the, you know, when you, by the time you get to the conference finals, maybe the other player, you know, or the Stanley cup, you, like if you put all four of them for the cup finals or whatever, and say the, like they do the frozen four. So everyone's the, all four teams are there at the same time. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know what I mean? Yeah. If anybody maybe understands, the other yeah, players maybe the other players can be socially distanced watching the game in the stand. You know what I mean, kind of thing. And like, I don't know. So to me, that is if I mean, if dudes can't see their families until they're in the Cup Finals or the Conference Finals or whatever, then why should you be able to not have serious repercussions if someone on your team with this much crazy health crisis going on? Because the other thing is too, just vice versa, right? Toronto and Edmonton, Canada's done better with the COVID situation, not because they're better off than us, but because they also have a tenth of the people we have. Yes, exactly. So cities like Toronto make me a little more nervous than Edmonton. Edmonton is quarantined from the rest of Canada and the rest of its own province, you know? So um, I don't know. I'm joking, obviously. But like Toronto, to me, it's right on the border. But at the same time, the U.S. and Canadian border has only been open for 10 days for like travel you know whatever so you figure you go there they're leaving the two weeks to quarantine like you're supposed to when you get to canada those two weeks should yield any major problems and everyone has to keep their ass 
under regulation until they go home. Yes, it sucks it's two months, but at the same time, aren't you all glad to get back in the swing of things, pump your product, finish it up? I know I'm psyched and I'm just a fan. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to some rosters, some news of Bruins that are participating in these uh, bubble sessions that are heading to Toronto. Um, the forwards. Uh, and when I say B.A., it means black ace. So, or who I think is a black ace. Uh, forwards, Patrice Bergeron, Anders Bjork, Anton Bleed is a B.A. Paul Carey is a B.A. Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBras, Trent Frederick is a B.A. Andre Kasha, David Krejci, Sean Corrali, Carson Kuhlman is a B.A. Parlin Holm, Brad Marchand, Joachim Nordstrom, David Pasternak, Nick Ritchie, Zach Sinishin, who's a B.A., Jack Stadnika is a B.A., and Chris Wagner. Defensemen, Brandon Carlo, Zdeno Chara, Connor Clifton, Matt Grizzlick, Tori Krug, Jeremy Lozon, Charlie McAvoy, John Moore, Yurho Vakaninen is a B.A., and Jakob Zboril is a B.A., and the goaltenders, Yaroslav Halak, Max Legassi is a black ace. Tuka Rask and Dan Vladar is also a black ace. So those are the players that will be attending these uh, 24-team playoff festivities in the city of Toronto, Ontario. So thoughts on the roster at all? Um, anything that pop out? No, pretty much what we thought it was going to be when we – a lot of people, you know what's funny is a, there's, a, there's a lot of people out there that are, are, are upset that a player like Zach Sinishin got the, a spot over uh, Brett Ritchie. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> I really can't. Exactly. I mean, in, Listen, in full disclosure. I'm not saying I'm an expert or anything like that. I never claim to be an expert. But as a, as a credentialed uh, Providence Bruins writer, what I saw from Brent Ritchie down in Providence – was decent, but it wasn't screaming me that he should even be a black ace. That, that goes along with his season in Boston when he was there before he got uh, sent down and waived. So uh, I, don't, I, I don't get it. I, I think it's those damn people in the toughness factor, you know? Mm. I don't get it. I, um, no, we, got I, one, I, we got one Richie anyway. That's all, that's I really all we can't. Need. I can't honestly fathom why on earth someone would think Nick Ritchie was a better choice than I'm just saying like whatever like he did all right when he was up then he got hurt we didn't get to really see him much progress over the season because of that and uh yeah no Nick Ritchie no we'll see we'll see if Nick Ritchie works out but Brett Ritchie thanks for serving that like million dollar contract role this year but I'm bye Felicia <laughs> I'm gonna need you to go like it's not you <laughs> and it. not working out you're making me uncomfortable. I feel like you're stifling me for a positional <laughs> place. I don't want to have – we're really going to defend – like, where's your loyalty? No one defended Danton Heinen, but everyone's defending Brett Ritchie's right to be on – I know. I know. It's so sad. All right. Listen, why don't we hear uh, some great words from our friends up at Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and that is the store next door. They do fantastic products. They are – they are people with disabilities, but they're there to do a job and they get a paycheck and it's a great program and uh, one that we have supported. We bought four items from the great folks at the store next door.ca. Please go to their website and support these great, these great people and this great organization that puts everybody to work with disabilities. I know I said that already, 
uh, thestorenextdoor.ca. But after that, we're going to hear from my friend, Chris Mancuso. He is the CEO and founder of tarpsoffhockey.net. And he's a good guy, chess salad master, seltzer king. Oh, unbelievable. But anyway. And he's got a bad mouth like me. Yes, he does. That's why I love him. (laughs) All right, but we'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. Hey Bruins fans, as I mentioned earlier in the show to start, uh, we do have a very special guest today and I'm very, very pumped to have this gentleman on. He has a huge respect for him uh, and the way he grinds into getting hockey uh, media content out there and, and now growing his own. So I'm going to steal a little bit of spitting chiclets here, you know, do the freaking rundown, make this guy feel important because he is, he's a good friend of mine too. But he is the king of chess salad, the king of downing hard seltzers, He's the host of the Get the Puck Out podcast and founder and CEO of the new TarpsoffHockey.net website. And you can follow this beauty on Twitter at CMancuso9797. And also, please follow the Twitter account for TarpsoffHockey at TarpsoffHockey underscore. Mr. Chris Mancuso, how the fuck are you, my friend? Buddy, we are doing awesome. Uh, life has been pretty fast and furious these days. I really appreciate the platform to come talk about the new venture. You know, I've always had this dream of, of, of bringing my own hockey coverage and putting my own spin on it um, for the people out there in the, that listen to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast but aren't necessarily familiar with me. I'm not someone who fits into like the mold of like an average sports journalist. I think we like to try to bring our content um, a little more unfiltered and a little more upfront and in your face. So the only way I was ever really going to be able to be myself truly was to run, was to run my own shit. Like I had a Bruins podcast with, uh, with Bruins diehards and every time I swore it made them cringe and like, they want to keep like things really professional. So for me, it was like, I just need to be able to book my own space and have my own uh, website up and running. So I grabbed a bunch of guys that I thought, We'll, we'll, we'll help, uh, help grow this thing. And, you know, I try to be out front of this and, and really take on uh, the leadership role with TarpsOffHockey.net. But we have a great staff of guys over there. Uh, McLovin, Germano uh, are both great kids from the Boston area as well, uh, from the Massachusetts area. So uh, we, we have our staple right, right from uh, Toronto all the way down in through Boston, Eastern Canada. And, uh, you know, we got a couple, uh, we have a podcast uh, based out of Carolina. So it's really good, man. We're just trying to uh, pop tarps, tarps off uh, hockey anywhere we can and, uh, and let people know we're here. 
That's awesome, man. The, the website construction is fantastic. I highly go and suggest you go and check it out. Um, and, and it's, it's league wide. They cover the Bruins, but they also cover a ton of other teams. So definitely worth it. Um, huh. yeah, buddy. Sorry um, about that. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, um, we can also hop into, um, couple things we're developing we have the get the puck out podcast on there that's my podcast with uh kyle how um we have actually really put our focus into turning this into a video podcast so over the next month before august 1st we're going to be transitioning everything over so it'll be a full time um a full-time video podcast instead of just the audio podcast as it's always been and uh, we have a brand new youtube page as well at uh tarps off hockey so if you guys want to check that out we got some interviews up with uh, Nick Kiprios. I think we have one up with Doug McClain, Grant Fear. It's been a good lineup since uh, since coming, in. and and I think we have a few more a uh, few more big guests in the uh, down the chamber too. So it's nice. Yeah, the the interviews have been freaking fantastic, Chris. It's it's been really good. You got you and Kyle do a fantastic job, uh, and he's a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. You're a Bruins fan, and it's just. The, yeah, the commodity that you guys have, the commodity that you guys have and the banter that you guys create, is, it just makes it for good listening. And then you bring in a, a, a host that is so knowledgeable, like Kiprios. I love Kipper. He's yeah, awesome. he's great, man. You know, and I love uh, Doug McClain, too. It, sh- it sucks what happened to him because I just thought he was a really good insight guy. And if you wanted any freaking really good scouting tips of Sean Corrali, that's the guy you go to. Oh, yeah. He, uh, no one loves Sean Corrali and Adam McQuaid more than Doug McLean. Now, McLean would never admit this, but I will tell you guys right on here. He tried not to follow hockey last year. He couldn't help but watch Bruins games. He is absolutely, <laughs> if you had to hold um, a, a gun at him and make him push the button, I'm telling you, Doug McLean likes the way the Boston Bruins play hockey. He respects the old time style of the game. And this is a guy who uh, has held every position in the NHL. He's been a president. He's been a GM. He was the head coach of the Florida Panthers expansion team that went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to the Colorado Avalanche. This guy on the podcast before any of this NHL news broke, he said, you know, one guy asked me, how are they going to play? So I called an executive and he said, we're coming back August 1st. And uh, what are we, a week and a half later now, they announce August 1st, they got the games returned. So he's just so in the know. So widely respected. Same with Kiprios. And I met Kiprios through the Seltzer King uh, Tournament of Champions. He owns yeah. a little uh, a cocktail company here in Canada called Little Budico with his wife. And, uh, you know, they ended up entering the tournament and we became uh, like we became buddies through that. And we're talking back and forth. And I, yeah, I appreciated him giving me the time. Those guys are so experienced. I mean, two decades plus in the NHL just as a job for Doug McLean. And then you got another, what, 17 years at Sportsnet. Uh, Kiprios did two decades at Sportsnet, which is Canada's biggest hockey network, right? So these guys don't owe me anything. So for them to be able to come on and come to tarpsoffhockey.net and want to be on the podcasts and, uh, and, and really like the direction. And, and I appreciate what you said about the layout of the website too, because they are uh, one of those guys. I, won't, I don't like to put those, those conversations too much out in public, but he couldn't believe how uh, easily to navigate it was. So that was nice to hear that because he was like, you know, some of these other sites like TSN and NHL.com, sometimes on the mobile, they're not great, but I guess everything's been so far so good with tarpsoffhockey.net on the mobile. And uh, yeah, I mean, the whole direction of Tarps Off Hockey is to uh, punish the people that got rid of the, the Kiprioses and the McLeans of the world. You know, these guys who, uh, you know, you see the Hockey Central guys are doing their show 
uh, from their kitchen and they're still putting a fucking suit jacket on me. And it's like, what yeah. do you guys do it? Nobody buys that. Like, you don't have to do that. It's just this <laughs> whole new like phony ass journalism in the hockey net and the hockey space, which you see, I want to explode it. When then you look back into the history of time, I want people to be like tarps off hockey helped explode the hockey market. So nice. that's what we're trying to do, man. And that's what I won't stop until it's done. Put an early freaking stamp on that. That's awesome, Chris. Uh, hey, listen, you mentioned the, uh, the Celtic King, and I want to segue right into this conversation. As, as I see, and, and, you can, and folks uh, can probably see on YouTube, he's chugging a Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, this is an old Milwaukee. Oh, I thought it was a Seltzer. All right. No, All right, this right. is an old Millie. We're, we're, I had to take a little break from the Seltzers. You know, we were, <laughs> that tournament ran about a month, and I did like 30 reviews leading into that. And uh, yeah, I, I, too much vodka water, not good for me. Makes me feel like garbage. So I'm back to good old fashioned beer. My, my, my stomach doesn't like it. But um, I'm not trying to be on the beach body for anybody anyway. You know what I mean? It's, it's, tarp, it's tarps off regardless of how you look. Exactly. No, but hey, fantastic job on that because, Chris, I've always respected you in the, in the hockey community as somebody that's very knowledgeable, especially from where you're coming from. Uh, uh, Ontario, especially Southern Ontario, is a hotbed for hockey, and you're like oh, yeah. right involved into it. But uh, I, it just, for me it personally, and watching your growth, watching the grind, I really saw you take your um, like media and kind of credibility to the next level with this Celtic King tournament. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you, you've got to be, it, it's got to be very respectable, respectable when you think about Kiprios talking to you and all these guys. And then all of a sudden, all these advertising opportunities in the future could be coming down the line from mm -hmm. just this thing. So uh, just explain that and how big it got. Yeah, you know what? Hockey shut down. And all of a sudden, I noticed my Twitter engagements went from like, not bad to like, virtually, I was like, oh, shit, no one cares what I have to say unless I'm talking about hockey. This isn't good. So um, talking to Dean Blundell at the time, big radio host here in Canada, does his own thing. He said, you got to come up with something different. Come up with something outside your comfortability zone. So I'll always give him credit for that. So I looked and I was like, what do people like these days? So I looked in like the top selling alcohols and I saw these RTDs, they call them ready to drink pre-mixed seltzers in a can had been up in Canada, in the U S something like 780% on the last year's total uh, for that market. So I was like, Oh damn. So I typed in seltzer review. I, I didn't see anything. So I was like, here we go. Now we have, now we're cooking with gas. Cause you know, our review shows have been big since Christ was a cowboy, right? You see Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy's taking advantage of the, uh, the one bite. Everybody knows the rules uh, with the pizza there. Right. So I didn't want to do that. I wanted to put my own, my own twist on, on letting people know that these drinks are good, uh, good carb saving and calorie saving alternatives for big fellas like me. So we did it once. And then all of a sudden, man, all the companies in Canada started jumping in, jumping in and socialite vodka and cottage springs and Smirnoff. And, 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 uh, you know, we had, uh, Mike's hard lemonade who owns white claw Canada. And yeah, man, just a lot of people come through Palm Bay, and just show interest in it. So we decided to put together the tournament. It went be way better than we thought. I think across YouTube and, or sorry, across uh, Instagram and Twitter, we did around 300,000 views total for the tournament. So like for someone like me who only has like 2,500 or 2,700 Twitter followers, like that was a, a good, a good number for us. I was hoping to hit a hundred thousand. So when we hit the 300, 
that was perfect, man. And that month I knew it was good because I looked at my Twitter analytics and I hadn't hit it like over a million impressions since hockey had been gone. But the right. Seltzer King kind of kind of pushed me in. And then, yeah, out of nowhere, it kind of brought me into that next echelon of the hockey market too, just by Kipper being involved. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these companies have silent investors that are athletes too. So it's just a great market. Like you said, advertising uh, things down the pipe. We're trying to sort uh, a few things of that out for Tarps Off Hockey. But at the end of the day, we need to uh, take these next few months and the return to play and, and show, uh, show potential advertisers as well as readers and fans and people on uh, your podcast why it's worth it for them to come on over and check it out too. So I'm really looking forward to that challenge uh, of just making sure we keep people engaged with good content. And uh, I believe in myself, so I think we can do it. Awesome, dude. And you have always got somebody that will run through a wall for you right here, buddy. Hell yeah, brother. And I, I, it doesn't go unnoticed. I appreciate it. Um, we've built a great Twitter community in the last like year. Absolutely. Especially in the Boston area, just like when we did that Bruins roundtable podcast. I mean, everybody, Connor Ryan, Marinovsky, you, me, everybody was there, man. Like these guys, Kalman will always come around. The big boys in Boston that aren't hags at NBC. (laughs) Or, uh, you know, I I, I reached out to, I I don't like to slag anybody on a podcast. I'm not going to go at them too hard. But like there's a couple of the young guys in the Bruins media that are a little snobby too. That, that wouldn't tune into something like that. You're Blackburns and guys like that, right? So, like, yeah. uh, outside of them, though, we've built a wicked little Bruins click that I think is going to just continue to grow, continue to get more powerful as people, uh, as networks keep making people put sport coats on in their fucking kitchens. I think we're going to, we're all going to see a good success. I mean, you have a great podcast here. There's no better spot to get Bruins content than the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. I, I know that. Everybody knows that, man. So just being able to come here and talk about TarpsOffHockey.net with uh, you and all your subscribers and loyal followers is, is, is great, man. And, and keep it up because you belong there with any one of those guys sitting up in the TD Garden, man. And it'll happen. Believe me. I hope so, my friend. Thank you very much for the kind words. Hey, with, with seven minutes left to go, let's bring it back to a little bit of hockey, okay? Uh, yeah. th- thoughts on the CBA and the ratification of a four-year uh, extension on that, which obviously uh, the Olympics are now in play and so on. Yeah. But it, it's, it's really good positive steps for moving forward. So uh, Positive steps, absolutely. Like, you know, what is this, the first time they haven't had a labor stoppage since, like, the 94 lockout? So – they got something done and, you know, it takes something like a pandemic and, you know, either side couldn't afford to have a work stoppage after the stoppage they've already had to have. Um, nice to see the NHL make some concessions on the Olympics. I think that's great. I also think it's great that they're giving the players the weekend to think about it. You see defenseman Travis Hamannuck in Calgary, upcoming UFA. I know people are like, oh, it's for his family choice. It's like, yeah, it's also for make sure you get the dollars and cents wrapped up long term as well which is smart right i like that they're giving the players i think they've done it the right way i think the uh you know i don't want to offend anybody out there but the the data is the data right i think the nhl got it right by doing like out in edmonton the numbers are amazing in alberta and then uh you know toronto and ontario we we had like our first day without like any covid deaths for the first time very like single digit cases so we've done a good job but we're not opening up fast or anything so i think the nhl made all the right decisions i think the draft lottery and everything was a disaster oh that was total total yeah 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 yeah. that was that was so brutal and like such a bad system but everything else i think they nailed um one if i were three people i wouldn't be happy about it taylor hall Tori Krug and Alex Petrangelo. 
the cap was projected to go up between 84 and 88.1 million dollars for next season based on the escrow growth and whatever the players would have opted in for um now these teams are stuck at an 81 and a half million dollar flat cap for this season if they don't have asses in the seats next season it'll be the following season it's going to be really interesting to see what a Taylor Hall and Alex Petriangelo and Tory Krug decide to do because now there's the, the max the Bruins could do is seven and a half million without getting those extra few million dollars wiggle room. So if you're Tory Krug, do you settle and take a seven million dollar contract or do you maybe take a one year deal and kind of see what happens next year? So I think it's going to really infect the upcoming uh, unrestricted free agent market big time. Yeah. And, and we would talk. Talking about Tory Krug, he did those one years several times. Uh, yeah, in, in his, in, he believes in himself, man. I know yeah. that much. That oh yeah, but he he also wants to prove it. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that are going to come down the pipe. But if you see that schedule, August first, five games. We're going all day. Um, I, I mean, it, it. They have to rush this. It's an unprecedented finish to the season. But the Stanley Cup should be handed out, and. We're going to hand it out. The Bruins are back, what, August 2nd? I think they take on the Philadelphia Flyers. I they do. What a way to start. What a way to come back. I know, and I love it because everybody's so high and mighty on the Flyers saying this is a team with Carter Hart and Net. Yeah. Perfect mix of, of, of young and veteran leadership. Like They have a great balance on that Philadelphia team, and they were absolutely rolling. But guess what? It's a coin toss now. This 2014 oh, yeah. tournament, who knows? I mean, you look at the team up the road from me here, the Toronto Maple Leafs. What's one thing they're known for? Notorious fast starts. What's another thing they do? They bear, they burn out their goalie every every playoffs. Freddie Anderson gets there. He's already played 70-something games by the time the game seven rolls around, and he's dead. Now he's coming in healthy, and they have a team that notoriously starts fast. This might benefit them. Who knows, man? It's a coin toss now. I do feel bad for the Bruins. Uh, not outside of being a Bruins fan, personally, it's really unfortunate because I mean they were just a well-oiled machine coming into this and uh, fucking wagon. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like it was like they were just a uh, snow, uh, just a co- snow coming down uh, like an avalanche on teams. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just destroying everything in their fucking paths. And I, and you know what? They have a great leadership group uh when we spoke to jerome mcginla he said that that bruins team in 2014 he'd never seen leadership like in a locker room like that before so that'll translate well bergeron marshawn chara these guys uh the core they all know what it takes to uh, buckle down and and, uh, and make a stanley cup happen so just because there ain't asses in the seats i think we're gonna see uh all-out war we got philly and then tampa bay right back to back i hate both of those teams i'm ready for war i want blood all right, Chris, one more question. we got time for one more, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, with the rest and with that leadership that you're talking about, uh, expectations of these playoffs coming up. Obviously, we're going to be biased. We're going to run, run with Stanley Cup. But seriously, what are your thoughts? Do you think they can do it? Um, no, I don't think the Bruins make the Stanley Cup final this year. Um, I believe that at the deadline, Andre Kasha and Nick Ritchie, were pieces, but they weren't necessarily difference makers. And in a cap world, when you don't really know what's going on, it's hard to make that happen. But this team has been one decent scoring winger away for, you know, what we're talking about since 2013 when they had to trade for Yarmir Yager instead of Jerome Ginla. It's always been an issue. Um, Jake DeBrusque, in my opinion, took a bit of a step back this year uh, in his development. I mean, coming down the stretch here, he was – Tildering on like uh, 
having like some of the lowest time on ice on the team, Nick Ritchie and Cash have both went ahead of them on the depth chart uh, for the second line. So yeah, man, I, I don't think that this is going to be the year, but Yaro Halak signed another year. Tory Krug comes back. I think that a, a revamped little retooled Boston Bruins team with maybe a little tinker or two made can make it happen. But I don't know. Old legs a bit, like a lot of miles starting up. I feel like the young teams could be at an advantage. All right, Chris, thank you so much for the time. Do me a favor. Show me where you can get those shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarps off hockey tee. If you're going to take your tarp off, you're going to need a t-shirt to do it. Uh, come on over to my page at cmancuso 9797 on Twitter. Um, I, I don't have them on the website yet. We're going to get that all, uh, all developed in that, but I mean, I'll just ship them out now. You guys head on over to uh, my page, head on over to tarpsoffhockey.net where uh, we are exploding this this mold of boring ass and dorky sports journalism. And we're, we're, we're here to kick everybody right in the right, right between the balls that wants to deliver that shit, man. So we're here, we're going to be loud and we're going to, uh, we're going to bring the message to everybody. Really looking forward to it. All right, Chris Mancuso. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, continued uh, safety and health to your family. And uh, definitely well, we'll be freaking chatting on the tweet machine. And I know we'll be freaking doing this uh, a lot, a lot more often. So, uh, yeah, buddy, absolutely. Especially continued success. Continued success with the new endeavors. Uh, shout out to uh, McLovin. Shout out to Nick. Those guys are fantastic over there at your, your site. Uh, Boston Pride right there. That's right, buddy. Yeah, it's all about the guys. Uh, you know, America always gets credit in Minnesota for being the, the best uh, – the best state for hockey, but I disagree. The best hockey state in America is in Massachusetts, and uh, that we bring the winning, uh, the winning combination uh, in that state all the time. It's just, it's just a place where winners are born, man. I love exactly. It. By the way, real quick, I loved, loved the Lemonster Mass uh, ball hockey talk on the, on the, on your episode when you interviewed Terry Ryan, former Montreal Canadian first round pick. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Lemonster, Massachusetts used to come down there all the time, play ball hockey. I became friends with the guy uh, who owns its kid, Bobby Hauser, who's like legendary ball hockey player. Even Terry Ryan, former first round pick, will tell you Bobby's the best ball hockey player that's maybe ever lived on God's green earth. So just to be able to uh, talk with Terry Ryan and, and like, you know, the, the guys that he played with as an adult that still took it serious are the guys that I was playing with as a kid. So it, it ended up being a really cool episode. You guys can check that out on Get the Puck Out. Uh, podcast and that's available on any streaming platform we have Kiprios, Doug McLean, Grant Fuhr. Uh we have a bunch of more good guests coming up uh, in the next coming weeks so definitely check us out Mark thanks so much for your time brother no problem take care Chris and I'll talk take to you care, soon buddy we'll talk to you soon hey Bruins fans we're back that was a great interview with Chris Mancus a longtime Boston Bruins fan CEO and founder of tarpsoffhockey.net and he's also a uh, podcast guy. Uh, I believe he's got like several different shows, but one is Get the Puck Out with his buddy Kyle O'Hal. Do a great job. They had um, uh, uh, Paul, I think it's Ron. No, it's Paul McLean. Paul McLean on. They had uh, Nick Kiprios on not too long ago. So he does a fantastic job and a true grinder and one of my good friends. So glad to have him on. And also we heard from the great folks at the store next door.ca. Please go to them. And, uh, and help those guys out, you know, so it's, a, it's a good thing. But it is time for what everybody came here for, I believe. They didn't want to hear about the crap we talked about earlier. They came for the nitty gritty all-time Boston Bruins player draft. But before we get to that, 
I forgot to say something about Stephen Camper. Stephen Camper has opted out to participate in the 2014 playoff, Stanley Cup playoffs, um, which is his right. It's his right. And, um, and I, respect, I respect his decision to do so. He came out on Twitter uh, last night, I believe, and mentioned something that uh, his, his, his wife has a heart condition and his uh, child has a heart condition. So um, he does not want to expose himself to any of those elements during these tough COVID times. And I completely respect that. Family comes first before the sport. But um, and with that being said, I just want to I just want to again acknowledge how trashy the uh, internet can be sometimes, especially on social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I, I've seen some really positive things, but I've also seen some really hateful things. Just you know, calling the guy out for being a pussy and 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 you know not sticking up. I mean, it, regardless if he plays or not, he's a part of the organization, and I know in his heart he wanted to do the best he could. But when it comes to family, you have to make these dire choices. So um, I just, I, I don't get it. I just don't get the hate sometimes. So a uh, little feedback, a little feedback, but that's okay. My so, oh, sorry. Huh? Is that better? What happened? I don't know. Oh. I thought you said feedback. Sorry. Um, yeah. I was going to say that I think everyone can just shut the f up if they're going to trash on Stephen Camford for doing what's best. His union decided that anybody in the NHL decided any player for whatever reason that opted out. And this is a very valid reason, not I just am afraid to go there. But even if that was all it is, that's a valid reason. They don't have to show up. Stephen Camper has been a good soldier for this organization for a very, 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 very long time. He has never been a superstar, but he has always been reliable. He's always shown up. He's always done his job. And like you said, you know that his heart is with his team in Toronto and hopefully, you know, eventually Edmonton. <laughs> but it like breaks my heart. Like he has legitimate medical reasons. If for something, something happened, what, I mean, what do you want the guy to maybe accidentally get his wife and kids sick? God forbid something happened and he's got to live with that over returning to hockey randomly in the middle of freaking July. That's everyone shut up. That's not, you're an asshole. Sorry. Yeah. If you're no, it is. It is. And, and, and one particular, it. I'm not going to use names or anything like that, but one particular one was like, oh no, we lost Camper. Now we're going to lose the cup. You know, it's really, really just really like just being an ass, yeah. you know. Well, that's a shame because you know what? If defense goes down and we need someone to step up, Steve Camper always steps up and usually gets some kind of point that night too, because although we don't use him often, like I said, when we do, he's always locked and loaded to go full blast for this team. So that's just, yeah, obviously, Stephen Camper is not going to be in our starting six defenseman on most nights. But when he is, he does his best. And he does all right when he's out there. Again, a, a man that maybe can't hang in the bigs all the time. But when he's up, does his role, does his job. And you can't usually say, boom. Not like when you see some other people like a Peter Solarik. No offense, Peter Solarik. I'm just using you for an example. So everyone just shut up. Stephen Camper is a good Bruin. Again, not my favorite defenseman, but definitely a defenseman that I trust if I need him to come in for a night. I don't get nervous. I don't, you know, because he is. So he's doing what's best. And it's absolutely unreasonable if you, like, you should be worried we don't have Stephen Camper because you know what? He's got a lot of veteran experience and he's been to the show a couple times when he's been had to be called up because of injury and whatever. And you... I know everyone wants to always rely on the young kids to get in there, but actually it could turn out we might need Stephen Camper, but 
that being said, Stephen Camper needs to do what's best for him, his wife, his child, and everyone else can just shut that pie hole. As somebody that goes down to Providence quite often, I got to tell you, a great guy, uh, good interview, um, and uh, a guy that does not sulk because he's down uh, in the A. He is like extremely hard worker, and that just proves that he wants to keep playing in the NHL and so on. So his heart's definitely there, uh, regardless of where he lands in the organization. He's a key member and should be respected as is, and not just a guy that can't always, you know, make the uh, the NHL roster on a nightly basis. I mean, there's so so much more importance to middle depth guys. You know what I mean? Those guys deserve credit too. No, they do. They're the guys that win you championship as your grinders and your, you know, backbones. It's not always your superstars. And I'm not saying he is, you know, but when he is here, he is important as a team member. I mean, if we're going to still give so much love to Kevin Mello, which I'm not saying it's not deserved, you know what I mean? Then maybe a little respect for Stephen Camper should also be warranted as another die for your team kind of player, you know? So that being said, that was like morbid. This is why I'm worried about social media, Mark, is because when people say shit, I don't want to all of a sudden have to defend like just. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to love it. No, no, no. It's so, I, I was like, can you just watch what other people are putting and not respond? Because that might be the safest course of action if I go this route. Um, yeah. That being said, let's do something more fun. Holy crap. Listen, why don't you, this was your baby. We all we both watched the Nesson one that uh, Brickley did, that um, Jack did, and and Jack, Braycroft. Jack, uh, Jack Brick, Dale Arnold, Billy Jaffe, Gary Peterson, and Andrew Raycroft. So basically, Nesson's fantasy, uh, whatever uh, show. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. They did a couple weeks ago. I think it was like mid June. Did like the ultimate Bruins fantasy draft. They had 97 players to pick from, and they each picked 11 people or whatever. They had uh, two left wings, two centers, two right wings, four defensemen, and a goalie. And that got me thinking, wouldn't it be fun if we did an all-time draft? And like I said, Mark and I were a little bit of a crap show last week. We were both off our rockers, and now we brought it back together for an awesome, awesome draft. We had so much fun. I kind of wish that we had the screenshots of all the – text back and forth screw you i wanted that guy yeah i do i was like so many times i and believe it or not i was doing it on the clock i mean i had a list and everything and and as you were taking my people i was crossing them off i mean it was it was really involved and i think we start did we start this on tuesday um you started it tuesday night i was sitting here in a google meeting or whatever for the youth hockey league and you're like oh i'm like i can't draft right now and then who did you pick? You picked Bobby Orr. So I was like, okay, I guess I picked Phil Esposito. I'm trying to get to Plum Island and get my kid for work now. Well, and don't we give too many around. away. So anyways, I just meant like I'm using examples. We're like in the, I'm like, oh my God, like the most random places. I'm like making salads at work. And then I turn around and it's like so-and-so. And I'm like, no, oh. <laughs> the notifications are going off. Yeah, I'm it. like, oh my God. I'm like, this is so annoying. Then there was like dead silence. I'm like, guy, pick so I can pick. I got five lists here. People I want, people to take. If you take this guy that I yeah, want. Yeah. I there was a definite guy, strategy to it that I really enjoyed. You I was set just me like, off on a point Pandora's box once we circled this back to a, a solid, like, gonna work out because my research-driven craziness went a little crazy. I'm like, guy, go to bed. Like, the other day, <laughs> I'm like, um, that's my list pick for the night. I gotta go to bed. Yeah, good call. <laughs> I gotta think for 
these last No, nah, seriously, it was a lot of fun, but uh, we got, we're at the 50 minute mark right now and I didn't even we add. Can do it, it's fine, we talked. All right, so it. let's do so it. I thought this is what we could do, is, um, so Mark got the first pick, we uh, played guess the number game and Mark went first. Uh, so Mark <laughs> will start, we'll go back and forth, we're gonna try and speed through, we each have 20 players, we're gonna get through. I have the totals uh, based on five categories that we're going to throw out there. So I know who won between us on these five, based on these five categories, which I thought were fair. I sent them to you. Then I thought, although in our own heads, we'll think we're the champion of the draft, put it to a vote. I want to see what people have to say. Oh, boy. All right, best. All right. So, Mark Allred, I would like you to start the first inaugural, obviously the same thing. See, doubled up. Doubled I just up. want to talk about how we, how we, we we won the first round pick. It was it was pick a number from one to ten, and you selected eight. And I seriously, I was selecting two. I really did. I there was no shady thing. You can't call Batman and Daily. No, on I this didn't. One. I said to you, I trust you. I was like, what do you want to do? Rock paper scissors shoot? Like that's fine. Like we can get in there. I don't care. There's two of us. I'm like, have Courtney pick. There's only two of us. Guy. No anything. But I trust you. Either way, it'll be fun. I thought it would be more fun being in the second picking position, but it actually ordered, added a lot more stress than I anticipated at the time. <laughs> that was my plan. <laughs> this was super fun. Again, I drafted not just by numbers, but with my heart. I don't know yes. how much drafted, but that was me. because Me um, too. Me too. A lot was by heart, but a lot was by numbers because I didn't get a chance to see these the, a lot of these players play in my lifetime. I did watch videos on them and so on. And that that's why it was so intriguing about this this segment that we're doing is I got to like – if it's available on YouTube or any other way, I I did research on like video and I watched a little bit of video. So it made me like really get back into history and learn a bit about more of these people that that we're going to be talking about, obviously. I have a awesome video that I watched that I'll mention when I get to somebody like whatever, but no, no, no spoilers here. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So all red with the first selection overall, who do you take? Boston beatdown. Take defenseman Bobby Orr. Uh, Bobby Orr was a Bruin for 10 seasons from 1967 to 1976. He had uh, 264 goals, 624 I thought it was a solid pick. I you know, think, how can you argue against Bobby Orr? I know. I know. I just couldn't in my my defense is already looking better than yours. Damn, he took ah! Bobby Orr first. That's what <laughs> I was like. All right. So my first overall pick is someone who gave us the saying, Jesus saves Espo scores on rebounds, Phil Esposito. Okay. He was a Bruton for nine years. He's from Sault Ste. Marie, Canada. He had played 625 games. He had 459 goals. 553 assists, 112 point, 100, 1,012 points, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, 1984, class 84, also named one of the 100 greatest players during the centennial celebrations in, 2000, in, in 2017. He's a top scoring center of the Bruins of all time. He's third in points. He's got lots of other things, but he's also won, a, I don't know, five Art Rosses, couple Stanley Cups, Hart Trophy, couple Ted Lindsay's All-Star Games. He's awesome. I could go on and on and on. 13 consecutive 30-plus goal seasons. He scored over 50 goals 
five times. Go. You're a Phil psycho. Esposito. You're an absolute psycho with the stats. Is Phil Esposito. Go. The Boston beatdown take in this second pick forward Johnny Busick. Berwin for 21 season from 57 to 1978. He has 545 goals, 794 assists, 1,339 points in 1,436 games. Inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1981, two-time Stanley Cup champion in 70 and 72. Solid pick on my end. I'm not going to talk so much about it, so I'll leave that to you. I'm going to. I like rambling on. <laughs> That's fine. I've got a second pick, too. Inga's badasses, for their second pick, takes a man named Raymond Bork. Yes, he's from Quebec, but he is an Essexonian. I don't know what people from Essex County are called, but that's what he is. So he played 21 seasons, 1,518 games, 395 goals, 1,111 assists for 1,506 for his point total, 1,516 points. Yeah, obviously we know what happened, but he's also in the Hall of Fame class of, he was drafted by the Bruins you know, class of 2004 for the induction into the Hall of Fame. 21 years here, badass, captain for a long time, 100 greatest players of all time, NHL. If I have to explain to you anymore why Ray Bork is awesome, you should not be listening to this podcast. Mark? All right. With the third pick, the Boston Beatdown select Rick Middleton. Unfortunately, he is not a Stanley Cup champion but he still gets in because of his numbers. And I did watch him play. This guy was nifty. He definitely lives up to his name. So he was a Bruin for 12 seasons from 76 to 1988. He had 402 goals with the Bruins, 496 assists, 898 points in 881 career games in on wearing the black and gold. Covered all bases, although that mistake, didn't I? <laughs> also, co-captain of the Boston Bruins for a few years. Also, the first thing I go, no, I wanted Rick Middleton. But that's fine. <laughs> I had to regroup. Okay, you can have Mc Rick Middleton. That's fine. Yeah, my and next one you're not going to like so much. Inga's badasses <laughs> pick Cam Neely, okay? Again, he's like the forward Bobby Orr. The knees took him out a little too early. The legs were not, you know, couldn't. Let him have the fulfilled career that he necessarily wanted. He played 525 games, 344 goals, 246 assists, 590 points. He played with us for 10 years. He was drafted by Vancouver, but two days before my eighth birthday and on his birthday was traded to Boston. Yay, good uh, generational defining Bruin for us and our generation. I notice we're a little biased towards people we may too, I'm sure, on the list. But he's... Awesome. Hockey Hall of Fame, 2005. Numbers in the Raptors, Cam Neely. Solid pick. The explanation of a power forward. Mm. Absolutely. The, and, and by the way, I'm going to time out He's this. He's uh, this... Remember when he kicked Claude Lemieux's ass when we were at the Garden for my first Mighty Brodeur game? Remember that? Just gave him the beat down two rows in front of us. Hey, how, how did this come out about the team names? Like, all of a sudden, you know, they had those badasses? Well, you had a team name, and I didn't, so I just made it the Heather's Badasses because <laughs> one Phil Esposito, Ray Bork, and Cam Neely are all badasses, so I was inspired. All right, we'll see how you, we'll see how you feel about this next pick. And he is one of my favorites currently and a current Bruin. We, we did everybody, anybody that was a Bruin, didn't have to be post-career or nothing. 
but I picked forward Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron has been a member of the Verones for 16 years now. It's an unbelievable number. I can't believe it. Um, stats, 352 goals, 517 assists, 869 points in 1,089 games. Four-time Selkie winner and Stanley Cup champion in 2011. Hopefully, Selkie gets awarded to him this year. I'm not sure if that's going to happen because possibly an injury that he was out for a little while and somebody else might have freaking overran him. But ho- fingers crossed for at least top three, right, in nominations. He's always nominated. Yeah. It'll be called the Selkie. Exactly. Once he gets away from Ganey, that one more, we're all set. It's, it's called the Bergeron. <laughs> All right, that's fine. So it hurt a little. You took Bergeron. That's fine. We can't both have Bergeron. That's oh, fine. Snap. Who else could I pick? What center could I pick that's near and dear to my heart? A player, like you said, a player that I wish anything I could have seen play hockey, but I did not get to because I was born four decades too late. But he's from Kitchener, Ontario. He played for 16 years for the Bruins. 776 points, 229 goals, 346 assists. 575 points, 100 greatest player of all time, inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1961, fifth scoring center of all time with the Bruins, two-time cup winner, and two more as a general manager. Thank you very much. A Hart Trophy winner, retired number, Milt Smith. I love it. I love the history. Love the history. That is one I really like listening to. I'll see your Bergeron, and I'm going to raise you a Milt Smith. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to go back to defense and, and, and shoring up that stay-at-home style defensive game that once you crossed a, a line, I don't think they had lines back then. I think they might have, maybe just a red line. But in his day, he was uh, known as the, the roughest defenseman. You did not want to come down to his end because you'll know it. But that is defenseman Eddie Shore. He is a he was a Bruin for 14 seasons from 1926 to 1940. He has a he has had 103 goals, 179 76 assists, 279 points in 542 games. He was inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1947 as a two-time Stanley Cup champion in 29 and 1939. Um, just the bull moose, man. This guy was just. Ruthless on the ice. Um, he did have some uh, mishap with Ace Bailey and kind of gave him a bad name in the NHL after that. But uh, uh, shortly after it happened, uh, they they were, thankfully came together and, and uh, reconciled the differences in an all-star game in uh, Toronto. So uh, that's my little history buff on Mr. Eddie Shore. And he's also the owner of the Springfield uh, – Thunderbirds, which is the AHL team now, but he owned that and ran that operation for a while after his post Bruins career. Oh, that's a good pick. That one hurt a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Who doesn't want Eddie Shore? All time hockey. Yeah. Like Eddie Shore. Yeah. Slap shot reference there, girl. I caught a little player that I never would have imagined would be the player that he has become, but I'm so happy he did. That's right. The pest from Halifax. Brad Marchand, who was drafted 71st overall by the Bruins in 2006. He obviously won the Cup in 2011. He is 10th in points of Bruins all time, and we've had some serious thing. And he's second in scoring, the second 
most scoring left wing of all time behind the chief. And that's not bad company to be with. 11 years, Brad Marshawn, Mr. Eyebrows. He used to have one eyebrow when he came in. I'm so glad he got a wife. He's much trimmed out. But anyways, Brad Marshawn, boom, mic drop, move on. Your pick for number six. Number six. This was, uh, I, I, I was, I was, the trend was not there, but the way you were picking defense had me in the, in the, in the know. I might've had some, some sneaks around that were trying to look at your, your list as you were drafting, but I, I had a feeling you might go goaltender and I had to, I had to trump that. I had to step on that shit. So I selected the best air quotes best Bruins goaltender in the Boston Bruins history. Make sure everybody understands what I just said. I'm not going to repeat it. And that is Tuka Rask. Tuka has been a member of the Boston Bruins for 13 years now. He's got 291 wins. He will get 300, I guarantee it, before his contract's over next season. 158 losses, 64 OTs, a career 2.26 goals against average, and career 922 save percentage stanley cup champion as a backup but sooner or later i have a feeling that Tuke's going to get that cup and uh get that monkey off his back that tim thomas monkey off his back sooner or later and uh hopefully get a little freaking respect in boston and, and around the league that they just i don't get it i don't get the hate on the guy but whatever that was my sixth pick Okay, well, the Inga badasses had to make a strategy. What do you want to do? You took Tuca, shock of all shocks. What do you want to do? I want to throw you a curveball. I want to pick a guy that I just want to pick just because I loved him so much and then injuries and it went bad. This will be a short one. He's from Moscow, eight years with the Bruins, 514 game, played 164 goals, 212 assists, 376 points. He's a sixth scoring left winger in Bruins history. He was drafted sixth overall by the Bruins in 1997. He won the Calder Trophy in 1998. His name is Sergei Samsonov, and he was a little badass, and that's why I have him on my team. Your turn. <laughs> oh, that was a weird one. I'm at work, and I'm just, like, shaking my head. I think See, I, I figured had, I, that would force you to put a situation where now I can kind of make decisions based on what you decide, because I'm like, oh, like – I'm gonna throw I off. actually did a WTF at work, uh, kind of loud, that somebody had to come around the corner and see if I was okay. <laughs> so other people may not agree, but I picked him because it's my team and I wanted to. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, so with my seventh pick, I selected uh, one of the best assist guy in, in the National Hockey League that ever came through um, besides Jumbo Joe. I kind of want to put him up in that that area when it comes to the sauce passes and the, and the pure points of, of getting an apple or a helper. So I went with forward Adam Oates. Uh, he was a Bruins, Bruins player for six seasons from 1991 to 1997. He had 142 goals, 357 assists, 499 points in 368 games in the black and gold and inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2012, Mr. Short Stick Adam Oates. Boom. I can't argue with Adam Oates, okay? He can <laughs> score from the face-off dot. Who am I? How can I argue with that pick? I forgot, I forgot, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> that was a little like, oh, God, but of course you're going you're gonna to pick Adam Oates. He's a defining player of our 
childhood slash adolescence. Do you know what I mean? And just an overall badass, also a hockey hall of famer, I believe. Okay, so I was like, what pick would hurt Mark the most was my next pick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did not think that. But you're pure evil, my friend. I picked my next pick. I picked he's from Toronto, Canada. He's a defenseman. He was drafted second overall in 1966 by the New York Rangers. He played eight years for the Bruins, 501 games, 100 goals, 317 assists, 417 points. He's a Hockey Hall of Famer in 88, named one of the greatest players of all time. A general badass. He was in second in the Norris Trophy conversation for like seven years. Uh, he's the 13th all-time scoring defensing defenseman. He's a badass, a defining of what a badass defenseman should be. Brad Park. Nice. That one hurt. I wanted Parkster. I knew I you wanted did. him. You took Tuki. You gave me the opportunity to throw you off with Sergey Samsonov. Then you took Oates, and I was like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm taking Brad Park. He doesn't get Brad Park now. He could have picked him. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. <laughs> but anyway, as I'm sending out this Facebook. No, that's fine. But anyways, Brad Park's a badass. Anyone want to disagree with that pick? Talk hey, it was kind of cool. He lived near us, too. Lived on the Merrimack River, right over in the Merrimack Fort area. He's and this area for a long time. Yep, and he uh, ran the Injury Sports Park for a long time, which is basically right down the road from me and, and a mile from where I work, so. And but anyway. Home of the new rinks in Amesbury. Yeah, sooner or later, let's hope so. Um, going back to defense, uh, and my, my I believe my team is strongly structured around a steady defense that once Heather Ingerson comes across that line, you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it, my friend. So, I went with defenseman Dallas Smith. He was a Bruin for 15 years from 1959 to 1997. His stats are 54 goals, 248 assists, 302 points in 860-year-on games as a Bruin, and is a two-time Stanley Cup champion in 1970 and 72. So, Dallas Smith, wow, look at that defense. Goaltending, looking good so far. Oh, wow. Well, Dallas Smith threw me off a little bit because there were a lot of people still on the board. So that threw me for a loop. Okay, that's fine. So I was like, mm, okay, Dallas Smith, but who else? Who else from that 70-72 double Stanley Cup winning team could we possibly pick? And I thought to myself – Someone that only a purist Bruins fan would pick, my friend, because he does not necessarily ring bells for the modern fan, but his name is Wayne Cashman, and he was a badass, okay? He played 1,027 games with the Bruins. He had 277 goals, 516 assists, 793 points, played on a legendary line. He had eight 30-goal seasons, two Stanley Cups. He's up there in all times for wingers. And basically, like I said, it was just a badass on a badass line. And that's why those boys won two Stanley Cups. I noticed we draw heavily from the 70-72 team. We did. Absolutely. We did. And, and, and to try to trump that with my own badass, because uh, it seems like that's what's going on here, is we're going pick for pick and we're trying to ruffle some feathers. But well, I think one of the best feather rufflers uh in the in the world of fighting and believe it or not playing hockey i went with forward terry o'reilly uh with my ninth pick and he was a bruin for fifth 
14 years from 1971 to 1985. His stats are 204 goals, 402 assists, 606 points, and an unbelievable 2095 penalty minutes in 891 games as a Bruin and if I'm not mistaken he was a Bruin through and through I don't believe he played for another team so um take your uh Terry O'Reilly fist to the face uh Mr. Cashman Okay, that's fine. Jump at the stands and throw a Terry O'Reilly at me. That's fine. So now I got to sit back. I got to think in my heart of hearts. I brought my shoe. <laughs> no, that's later. That's later. We'll get to the shoe. We'll get to the shoe. Um, so I had to think to myself, okay, Heather, regroup. Regroup. He took Terry O'Reilly. Okay, like we got to regroup. We're halfway through this draft right now. Who is on my team that should be on my team that people will be like, why the frig is this person not on your team? I got to think to myself, I haven't drafted that many defensemen. So I'm going to take Shock of all shocks, the shorty, my little firehouse. We don't know how long he's going to be a member of the Bruins, but he's been for nine years. Tory Krug, he's a legit pick, Mark. I know you're like, it's not just a fan pick. It's not just a fangirl pick. He's 17th all-time in Bruins points. Oh, yeah, by the way, he was undrafted, an undrafted badass. Okay, thank you. Seventh all-time in Bruins for points as a defenseman. He's 39th in point-getting all-time. Okay, thank you, and the Bruins. Thank you, okay? He's 46 in games played, so he's got the longevity. He's got the heart of a Bruin. Remember this, Don Sweeney, when we're doing the contract negotiations, okay? He's got the most points by an American player in B's history, and he's got no cup finals, but he has been on the 2013 and 19 losing teams, so at least he's seen some cup finals, unlike many, many generations of Bruins players. Go. All right, so... You picked the fangirl Tory Krug pick. I got you. I got it. I'm a big fan of Tory Krug myself. I'm not hating on him at all. You did not used to love him. He's grown on you because I've battered you until you've seen the light of day. Yeah. You know, I no, I'm a I'm a big Krug fan. And and yeah, you might have helped out a little bit, but I'm not gonna give you total credit for it. But I'm gonna give total credit for this this particular Bruin, because you know, I mean here we go, back and forth. We've got to go back to the defense and a little bit of history. Uh, but I picked Mr. Audrey Dick Clapper. He was a Bruin for 20 years from 1927 to 1947. His stats are 228 goals, 246 assists, 774 uh, points in 824 games as a Bruin and is a three-time Stanley Cup uh, winning defenseman. In 1929, 1939, and 1941, he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1947, along with fellow badass Eddie Shore. That was a great year for uh, Hall of Fame inductions, huh? Yeah. Well, back then, back then it was more or less like he still had six teams, so you know you could get doubled up on 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 teams uh, going in. But so um, these people. But, are- hundred greatest list too so yes yes and i forgot to add that because i'm not good at the the research like you uh you're a king researcher but uh, i did want to add one more thing about audrey dick clapper is uh he is currently i know he's dead and everything but he currently has the highest uh stanley cup he's got three of them as as a bruin so and nobody else has done that um as of yet so all right that's fine i 
I can't disagree with that, can I? How can I, di- how can I disagree with any of these players? No, you can't disagree. It's my show. I'll throw you out. Uh, I'll disagree because I thought it was <laughs> our show, but either way, <laughs> that's fine. So I had to think, all right, fine. I'm going to stay with the in my ideal world, who could I have? And I'm, I'm going to follow back onto the sauerkraut line. I'm going to take Woody Dumark because he's from Kitchener. Um, him and Bobby Bauer and Milt Schmidt were all childhood friends as well, later to form the greatest line ever. And war heroes. And war heroes. Uh, 16 years he played for the Bruins, 771 games played, 211 goals, 219 assists, 430 points. Uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, 19, class of 92, fourth most points as a Bruins left wing, and he hasn't played a game for the Bruins since 1954, to put it in perspective. Member of the widely recognized best line in hockey ever, no affection line. He's got two cups and he's got two all-star games under his belt and he's just awesome so if i had Mel schmidt i don't know why i couldn't have woody dumart too so go your turn all right so um and you know me uh goaltending hashtag goaltenders union um big fan of the net uh i was a beer leaguer for 30 years uh you know this that's a lot i mean that's a, that's the highest level of the highest but anyway Let's go back to talking about goaltenders. I selected Frank Brimsek to back up to Karask because I believe that Frank was a uh, a cornerstone for in the goal. Uh, and and there's a little bit of controversy there because he was basically the the next guy after the Bruins traded uh, Tiny Thompson. So um, Frank was a goaltender for nine years from 1938 to 1949. Uh, he has 252 career wins as a Bruin, 182 losses with a career 2.70 goals against average in 444 games with Boston. They called Miss, they called uh, Frank Mr. Zero as uh, as a two-time Stanley Cup champion in thir- 1939 and 1941. He was the first American goaltender inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1973. So that had a heavy uh, being an American myself, shout out America, love you guys. Um, you know, gotta I gotta pull for the Mister Zero and a nickname like that with with Tuka Rask and his goals against average that seemingly so low and ridiculous because he's the best damn Bruins starter in in Bruins history. That's a that's a that's packing a punch there. So uh, good luck on your next pick. Okay, so I was letting Mark just pick his goaltenders so I could figure out what I wanted to do with my goaltenders. That was also my strategy with defensemen. I picked a lot early, hoping that I would draw Mark into the defensive-minded. But now I pulled him back on defense, right? I pulled him back on defense. But I'm going to select another forward, a cat that was selected 63rd, 63rd overall in 2014. He's from the Czech Republic. He's played 14 years with the Bruins. He currently plays for the Bruin. The Czech that doesn't get enough respect. This one's for you, Chris Blackie. David Krejci. Now. <laughs> I'm tweeting Chris right now that you shouted him out. That's fine. He's played 911 games played, 207 uh, goals. He's got 479 assists, 686 points. He's the third highest in Bruins centers ever. He's a two-time Olympian. I know that has nothing to do with his Bruinsness, but awesome. Seventh in games played as a Bruin, eighth in points all time. He's got one Stanley Cup as a young lad in 2011. The quiet champ, the guy that always finds the way, all without a consistent left winger since Nathan Horton, Nathan Horton, I can't say it, Nathan Horton left town. I'm just saying I'm very excited 
to have picked David Krejci because I do think that he doesn't get the respect that he deserves and he's done a lot. And I know it's hard to like be with Patrice Bergeron and be the second, you know, but he used to be the first line guy. They're awesome. We've talked about this a million times. They're interchangeable. We have been blessed with really awesome centers for the last decade and a half almost. And awesome for us just generally as Bruins fans, but awesome for me on my fantasy team. So your turn. I bet you Blackie has a huge kickstand right now that you've selected him. <laughs> and anyway. I met Van Heinen earlier in the show. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think this is kind of funny because I'm just doing it right now, but I'm looking at this and what you just said about Krejci is kind of a comparable. If you look back in time, uh, with my 12th selection, I selected forward Ken Hodge Sr. Uh, he was a Bruin for nine years, from 1967 to 1976. Uh, he has 289 goals, 385 assists, 674 points in 652 games. Uh, the stats were amazing when I was going through all this. We, I mean, we picked from 1,089 players. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was like 81 or 89 or something. Yeah, it was crazy. Damn, so 1,000 players. I'm never going to get through this. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion in 1970 and 72. And another one that I believe, just by his career numbers, uh, with 674 points in 652 games and the two cups, I don't, I don't see why he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's crazy. Um, I don't disagree with you. You know how I love Ken Hodge. You um, fell right into my trap, though, okay? Uh oh. Uh oh. Ken Hodge. <laughs> I know this guy is not the one of the biggest scoring defensemen. I picked a man from my heart. I picked a Homer. Okay. One that is my favorite grumpy old hockey guy. No offense, Brian Burke. I also really love you. But a guy that played 754 games for the Bruins. He had 49 goals, 189 assists, 234. Again, a little biased towards the people we grew up watching, but someone that is a Bruin through and through. Also a part of the famous shoe incident back in the day with Terry O'Reilly and the crowd and the stands and everything. Got his ass suspended, actually, for that. He's a defenseman. He's from Brighton, Massachusetts. His name is Mike Milbury. Thank you very much. Oh, Mike Milbury just got a Twitter account, too. You're going to have to follow that. I oh, mean, no. I, that's I'm part of what's Twitter. inspiring me to maybe get Twitter. Okay, if Milbury can get a Twitter. Maybe. All right, so I selected somebody that was involved in the shoe incident, but probably not in the stand swinging away. I will have to look at the video again or ask a friend or phone a friend. But I selected forward Peter McNabb, and he was a Bruin for eight years from 1976 to 1984. His stats were 263 goals, 324 assists, 587 points in 595 games with Boston. So, Peter McNabb, thank you for jumping aboard the winning team. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I can hear your chirps too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Whew. All right, lucky number 13. I need a goaltender. Like I said, I exhausted, I let Mark exhaust his goaltender picks. That's fine. I picked a guy from Sanborn, British Columbia. A guy just mentioned a few minutes ago when he was talking about Brimsick. He played 11 years for the Bruins. He played 468 games. He had 252 wins, 153 assists. He had only gave up 960 goals in his whole entire career. He won four Vezina trophies, one Stanley Cup. 
He's one behind Tuke in games played. He's second behind Hal Winkler in goals against with a 199, second in wins behind Mr. Tuka Rask, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1959. And just for boot, he got a shout out in his first professional hockey game in the NHL. His name is Tiny Thompson. Thank you very much. Wasn't hey, and wasn't that against the Montreal Canadiens when they shut I him out? I believe so. Yes. So even that great pick with Tiny Thompson. Uh, unbelievable uh, career. Uh, really the the, the cornerstone in net when you think about this this uh, this organization as a, a young entity and uh, and moving forward. Um, but it was sad to see him go. But to have uh, him leave and then Brimset come right in and and uh, and really step it up, it was it was pretty impressive. But great pick. Thank you. I thought you were like jerk, that. But great I know uh, to go back to the previous shit show week, the so we can draft a team of all goalies. No, Mark, you can't have all the goalies. I'm supposed to have two goalies too. You got to let me pick a couple. Come on. Tiny Thompson again, <laughs> someone that we didn't get to ever see. Not a lot of footage necessarily because of the era he played, but as a Bruins fan, someone I grew up as kind of a legend, hockey hall of famer. So he's a legend in NHL. All right, your turn. Absolutely. Another legend in the uh, NHL is uh, my pick. I went to the forward. I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking about – I went – I jumped. Um, no, I'm adding to my defense again. Sorry. We're picking 12 forwards, six defensemen, and two goaltenders. So, for my pick on defense, I picked Carol Vadney. Uh, he was a Bruin for five years from 1971 to 1976. He had 47 goals, 134-point assists, and 181 points in 263 games and won the Stanley Cup with Boston in 1972 after coming to the Bees from, via a trade. Uh, so, Carol Vadney is my addition to the Boston beatdown defense. Good job on pronunciation. I'm so proud of you. I was like, it's French. Is he going to get it right? But he did. Of course so, I did. I just don't know any of the, the, uh, the, the checks and the finish and so on. That's, that's when I have to like, that's when I have to send it to you. <laughs> All right. So now, okay. So he's filling up his defense. That's fine. I'm looking at the list. How many picks does he have for these positions? How many picks do I have for these positions? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to pick someone he may or may not pick. A guy that sometimes I think gets lost in the shuffle of those great 72, 70, you know, 70, 72 teams, or just generally got to be a part of really, I think doesn't get necessarily talked about as much as he should for other Bruins. Great. Sorry. I was losing my train of thought there. He played 15 years from here, uh, here. His name is Don Marcotte. And why I picked Don Marcotte is Partly points. He played 868 games. He had 230 goals, 254 assists with 484 points. And that's not bad, right? But why I picked him is he had 213 penalty minutes. And he checked like nobody's business. The famous checking line, right? We got to talk about Derek Sanderson and Ed Westfall. And I could have picked that whole thing again guys I bounced around I ended up you know I don't know I kept finding myself drawn back to the crowd line but I thought it would be fitting to fit John Marcock because if he wasn't on one of our teams then that would just not be right to me nice good pick good pick I'm actually friends on Facebook with his daughter nice so she and she's very nice and um, hopefully I might be able to uh, talk to her into um, possibly get an interview so we might be able to talk to him well, I think a Bruins legend that probably doesn't get remembered uh, 
a big name that I think, again, unless you, again, we're younger than, I mean, we're younger than some people, like we're too young to remember the cup teams, you know, from the seventies, whatever, which whatever we've been punished our whole life for that. You think we didn't want to watch them? Cause I would yeah. have loved to be born 10 years earlier just to yep. be honest. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, uh, I think he gets lost in the shuffle of those were really awesome fucking teams. You know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, yep. All right. You're good here. All right. So stay going back. Cause you picked the forward that is, is really good. And Don Marcotte, I, I picked another forward that I, I kind of thought stood out a lot in my re, in my minimal research. I didn't really didn't dive into it, but I selected with my 15th pick, uh, Bill Cowley. Uh, he was a Bruin for 12 years from 1935 to 1947. He had 190 goals, 346 assists, 536 points in 500 games with the Bees. Uh, won the NHL scoring title in 1941 as a Bruin. Uh, a a two-time Stanley Cup champion in 39 and 41. Cowley was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1968. I, 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 wanna, I, I forgot to do this, Heather, but that scoring title that he won in 1941 Mm-hmm. I wanted to like look back and see that particular year who was involved in yeah. this in that scoring. I could almost guarantee that um, the uh, the Canadian um, not Marins, the next the next big star that was just just put a sticky note and look it up. We'll circle back next week. I'll jot it down to say hey. So jot it. What the hell is his name? Oh, uh, I don't remember. Don't he had a brother, him. the Pocket Rocket. Oh, Maurice, no, Maurice Richard. No, no, Henry Richard. Henry, Henry was the pocket. Maurice was the original. Oh, I thought you were talking about the pocket. No, pocket. no, no. no I said it because I, I, I remembered his you brother's name. I guess, I guess you're talking Okay, all right, all right. So, I just heard yeah. pocket rock, and I was like, no, that's Henri, not Maurice. Shut your face and pick. Shut your face. Fine. Okay, that's fine. This next pick is partly for my own satisfaction, partly just to irk Mark beyond all belief. I'm like, okay, I'll pick my second goaltender. Now, I went back and forth. Cheevers, Thomas, Cheevers, Thomas, Cheevers, Thomas. But I picked Tim Thomas, and this is why, people, okay? Him and Cheevers have pretty comparable stats, okay? But in the end, it came down to Tim Thomas has two Vezina trophies, a Jennings, and a Conn Smythe and a Stanley Cup, and as awesome as Jerry Cheevers is, as legendary as he is. Again, Terry Shawchuk. I was having a hard time deciding on my second goalie, okay? Mark threw me off with his picks because I wanted Brimzik. He messed it up. I knew he was going to take Tuca. But anyways, I take Tim Thomas. Say what you want. 378 games played, 196 wins, 121 losses, uh, 921 save percentage, and a 2.48 goals against. He didn't have a long career. He only played eight years, and a lot of times he did play down. He was going up and down. Uh, he didn't become the starter until, you know, late in his career, and obviously we know how that ended. Glad to see him coming back out of the woodwork. But Tim Thomas, I think uh, people's failings get in the way of recognizing how awesome he was. Also, as a Hockey East snob, uh, standout at U Vermont. So... Go, Tim Thomas. Your turn. All right. All right. You had to get the guy because he won a cup. Woo. <laughs> We're in the last five picks, people. The last five picks. Who will they pick? Who will they pick? All right. So with the 16th pick in the uh, Boston beatdown team draft, I selected defenseman Glenn Wesley. He was a Bruin for seven seasons from 1987 to 1994. He had 77 goals, 230 assists, 
307 points in 537 games. Thought Glenn was a good transitional goal uh, goaltender. Yeah, transitional defenseman. Uh, kind of reminds me of today's Tory Krug. Um, a smaller guy uh, that didn't take any shit most of the time, but when he had possession of the puck in the in his defensive zone, he was good for a stretch pass and um, and uh, you know get the thing going east to west. And what was good, and I'm not sure if a lot of the listeners know. Hopefully, we have a lot older listeners. I mean, not not to differ from young and old, but folks got to remember too that the Boston old Boston Garden ice was um, 190 by 85, not 200 the way it is today. So the rink was much tighter and more of a defensive game. That's why it's one of the reasons why I think Bork did so good with the, the hip check and lining things up because everything was just so close to him. So that was my pick, Glenn Wesley. And, and, and unfortunately he did miss that goal against Edmonton. Oh, it was so, Oh, I know he was like bar down. I want bar down, but kind of hit the net first. (laughs) Mm. Okay, so Glenn, Glenn Wesley, someone I kicked around. I respect. I can't. Again, how can you argue with any of these picks? I would argue, besides maybe my Samsonov pick, but that's just me. Um, so fine for my sixteenth pick. It got hard. We're in the top last five picks. I picked someone from Kingston, Ontario. He was drafted seventh overall in nineteen seventy-eight. He played three hundred eighty-nine goals. Eight goals, 389 games with the Bruins, 125 goals, 247 assists, 372 points. Someone who is just kind of a badass, an agitator, kind of a Brad Marchand of his era, I think. I pick Ken Linsman. Ooh, the rat. The rat. The original rat. He is the Marchand before there was Marchand. Like, he just, he could draw a penalty like no one like yeah not necessarily the most well-behaved player but awesome so there you go that's my that's my pick yeah i like it i like it i like it uh i went with forward and pretty much i i ended with forwards because i had to take advantage of the uh, goaltenders and the defense obviously but i went with jean Rattel. And uh, Jean played six seasons for the uh, Boston Bruins from 1975 to 1981. Uh, he had 155 goals, 295 assists, 450 points in 419 games with the Bees. And he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1985. Ugh. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Again. I can't argue with it. I myself kicked around him, right? I was trying to figure out, is Mark drafting more by points? Is he drafting by years played? What is his strategy? Fine. So I'm now not that telling we're in you our my trade secrets. Picks, now that we're in our last picks, Inga's badasses decided they're going to draft more from the heart than from anything else. So for my 17th pick, I picked a guy from St. Stephen's, New Brunswick, a man that could be one of the first boys I ever had a crush on, honest to God. He played 152 games with the Bruins, 52 goals, 110 assists, 262 points. A man ahead of his time. He's currently the GM. His name is Don Sweeney. I have a thing for a little defenseman, clearly. So, go. (laughs) All right. How do I top that? I add another forward to the mix. You had to. You ran out of any other position. This guy was the master, in my opinion, of the wind-up and fake slap shot. 
And uh, I remember playing uh, pond hockey and street hockey with uh, a guy I grew up with that always used to do that. And I was just like, that reminds me of somebody. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 it's this guy. So with my 18th selection, Bruins beatdown select Craig Janney. He was a Bruins player for five years from 1987 to 1992. He had 85 goals, 198 assists, 283 points in 262 games as a Bruin. So, Mr. Craig Janney, welcome to the Boston Beatdown. Okay, so I was going to pick Craig Janney, and then you pick Craig Janney. And uh-huh. him with Neely if this isn't all working out. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. All right. So again, I've got to go with my heart. I got three picks left. This is my fantasy team after all. And as I've expressed, there's nothing I would want to see more than life. If I could go back as a Bruins fan that was born too late, was to see the sauerkraut line, the kraut line, if you will. The only line ever to finish first, second, and third in scoring in NHL history I'd like to bring out. So I'm going to pick Bobby Bauer from Waterloo, Ontario. Again, him and the other members of the line grew up together. They were buddies. He played 327 games with the Bruins, 123 goals, 136 assists, 259 points. He's a member of the sauerkraut line, a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame as of 1996. Uh, in 1939-40, like I said, they finished 1-2-3 in scoring. Four-time All-Star, three-time Lady Bing, because that's what kind of gentleman he was. And he only had 36 penalties in 327 games played. And that brings me to a little video clip that I watched earlier uh, on February 10th, uh, 1942 was the day that, um, so Bauer, Dumont, and Schmidt all signed up for the Royal Canadian Air Force in uh, Brimzik to his, he signed up for, uh, you know, the American military to go fight in World War II. So these oh, God. I know one of them's on your team. I picked three of them, but they are Patriots. And anyways, I saw a video, which again, there's not a lot of video you can necessarily find of these guys, but they routed the Montreal Canadiens eight to one that game in Montreal. And the Montreal Canadiens put the three of them on their shoulders and skated them off the ice. So that was a really nice uh, clip. Classy. I didn't know Montreal fans could be classy. I mean, at least their players were back in the day. So uh, war hero, uh, again, they and Burns, they went, they went and fought for their countries and came back, helped defeat the, uh, you know, horrible Nazi forces and what you will out there during World War II. So I complete the sauerkraut line because it is a fantasy draft after that all. Is, that's pretty cool, man, how you, how you did that. That's really nice. Uh, good pick. Good pick. I'm not going to give you crap on that one because you just talked so much about the military. Um, with the 19th pick, I went a little unorthodox in this one, and I don't. I really don't think a lot of got people that are Bruins fans that remember this this player give the ultimate respect of of what this guy did. Um, uh, and I went with uh, forward Keith Crowder, and Keith was a Bruin for nine years from 1980 to 1989. He had 219 goals, 258 assists, 477 points in 607 games. Now, not a point-per-game player or anything like that, you know what I mean? But still, put up the points. Big guy, uh, threw his body around, and and obviously could fight. Uh, in those games, in those 607 games in his Bruins career, he amassed 1,251 penalty minutes. 
So putting up 477 points in 607 games and those PIMs, it, it made me twist my head. And why shouldn't I select this guy? Because not only can he score on you, Emma, he can beat your ass. That's true. Sorry, I'm getting angry now because I'm out of wit and I need a refill. I'm out of wit? I finished my beer like 10 picks ago, guys. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're winding down. So for my 19th pick, I had another defenseman I had to pick. Well, I had a forward and a defenseman. I was like, I'm going to go with the defenseman. I'm looking at the list and I wasn't sure what to do, but after looking it all over, how could I not pick the captain Zdeno Chara? Okay. He's played 14 Ding. years the whole time as the captain. Uh, 1,023 games played, 146 games. I mean, goals, 333 assists for 481 points. He was drafted 56 overall by the Rangers in 96. He's got one cup. He's six in games played. He's got six all-stars. He was a Norris finalist six times, one in 09. Uh, he has the hardest shot record at 108 miles per hour, 108.8. Uh, also kicked ass in that when the all-star game was actually awesome many times. Uh, Again, continuing the tradition of just awesome defensemen for the Boston Bruins. He won the Marc Messier Leadership Award in 2011, which I thought you'd appreciate. He's also the tallest player in NHL history. The first player born behind the Iron Curtain to be the NHL captain of a team that won the Stanley Cup. He's the oldest defenseman in NHL history to score a game-winning goal in the playoffs at 42 years and 30 days. And the oldest man to score in the Cup Finals at 42 years and 86 days. Captain Zdeno. Captain Zdeno. I, I, I miss talk. those commercials. I, I know, miss I those commercials. Those. Like the Krejci one. what? <laughs> my favorite commercial is the bear com sorry not to digress but the bear commercial he's like with Mark Savine he's like oh you got me a David Krejci jersey <laughs> a Krejci jersey and then later Krejci's like anybody see my jersey we just love that commercial <laughs> ruins hockey rules alright with my final in the 20th pick in the, in the uh, black and gold hockey podcast all time Boston Bruins draft for Heather and I goes to a guy that was selected last in a certain all-star game when they used to do the all-star draft before they went all to this weird system in the all-star game. And that is forward Phil Kessel. Uh, Phil was a Bruin for three seasons from 2006 to 2009. He had 66 goals, 60 assists, 126 points in 222 games. Phil is a two-time Stanley Cup champion, winning them both as a member of the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins when they won back-to-back -back in 16, 2016 and 2017. So basically, this pick was because he was available and he was picked in that, in that fantasy draft that they did at the All-Star Game. So I found it fitting to kind of throw him in there and remember of a, a little remembrance of that draft and when he was the only one that was like way up in the stands uh, the last guy picked in the in the walk of shame down to to grab the keys for a new car and uh, obviously a place in in that particular uh, all star game roster. So that's my pick. And and uh, he also has the best shot uh, in stride and finds ways to get goals through defensemen's legs that goaltenders can't see. So it's still, you know, seems it seems funny that the bigger right wings they uh, they can make that happen. Listen, yeah. I can't. And yes, this, this old guy with the with the gray beard can still uh, skate like a power forward. Just saying.
Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say I can't be mad at you because I don't apologize for liking Phil Kessel. I think he sure has ups and down years, but I still think that he's one of the best in his generation. Got a little priced out of the Bruins, a cap space. He was a cap casualty back in the day to Toronto. I can't be mad at you, but I have a feeling there are some people out there that are going, what? Oh, yeah. I can almost guarantee it. Which is great. So I'm going to confuse them more by with my pick. Maybe not confuse them. I guess maybe people will, I don't know. It depends because we've got many different kinds of fans that listen to the show. 60% of them, by the way, excuse me, 60% of them are females. I was going to say love me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I had to kick it around. My final pick, number 20, I had to kick it around. So again, in the end, I had to land on my heart. And my heart says that this boy from Ottawa was robbed of, we were robbed of his brilliance as a center and he was robbed of his career. And you guys probably can guess who it is, but if you're not, I'm going to just give you a little more numbers. In five years, he had 304 games played, 74 goals, 231 assists for 305 points. The man that got hit by that asshole, Matt Cook, which I would still shank. I rewatched actually the broadcast, Nesson and the Pittsburgh broadcast of the hit and the goal when he came back and scored the goal in April during the playoffs against Philadelphia. Um, he had 807 games played overall, 207 goals, 499 assists, 706 points overall in everywhere he played. He had finally found his forever home in Boston, signed a big contract, and Matt Cook took that all away from him. So fuck him. I pick Mark Savard. He's a forever Bruin in my heart. Also, in full disclosure, I really love Mark Savard, and one of my favorite days ever as a Bruins fan is when my man looked at me and said, hey, the Bruins signed Mark Savard. I'm like, what? (laughs) Ah, Mark can attest. Calgary, Rangers, Atlanta. Yeah. I love that dude. And yeah. I think he's a generational center that's career was taken for him. So he doesn't he doesn't get a chance to put his numbers up there like everybody else and point of game player. Everyone F off if you don't like my Mark Savard. But if you're down with Mark Savard, then you're down with Ingerson. Yeah. So uh, by the way, just to add a little note to your research, I'm surprised you shockingly missed this, but uh, also um, has his name on the Stanley Cup. Oh, I actually is on my research, but because I blab on too much. Oh, I thought you were slacking. I was trying. Let's bring it up. So Mark Savard only played 25 games Uh. the next year to try to come back. He had a hit. Um, So you have to play 41 games or at least one game in the playoffs to be uh, qualified to have your name on the Stanley Cup. And the Boston Bruins as a team actually petitioned to have Mark Savard's name on the cup. That's how important it was to the organization, to his teammates. If you rewatch that hit and you're watching what's happened after that, if you see Bergeron, you very rarely see Bergeron just pissed. He was pissed. And just to get back to the hit, yes, his name is on the cop, technically part of the 2011. Saw him during the parade. He was on the first parade, <laughs> But that shows you, I, Mark Savard was a player that maybe had an, uh, a reputation as kind of not being, like you said, you don't like a cancer in the locker room. But I think partly with him is, He's probably a kid that was always the best, you know, and those kind of kids sometimes get a little chip on their shoulder. And uh, I think he came here, but he was a badass with the Oshawa Generals. He was a badass in the National Hockey League, no matter where he played. And really just hands. This kid literally scored a no-angle goal. The I best mean, he's sauce. Brilliant. The best sauce pass I've probably ever seen in my life. He just... We were denied of his brilliance. He was denied of his Absolutely. career. So I, I can't. But yes, he is on the Stanley Cup. I didn't forget. It's on there. Do you want to? Damn it. Damn it. 
tried to throw you that out there. Me. You think I don't know his name's on the cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So that, I like I said, is important because I think it shows, like, despite reputation, he was important to his team. And even though he only got to play 25 games because he ended up taking that other hit, you know, he probably shouldn't have been out there anyways. But, you know, he was he was that important to his team. And, you know, he had found his home and his, his teammates. Like, you know, I just – so for them, and I really wish he'd come back to Boston and come back to our system and stop being with the Blues, which I know you're doing brilliant things, but I need you to not – I need you to coach my Tory. I don't need you out there coaching them into a better power play system. Just kidding. But that's the draft, ladies That was a lot of fun. That was I a lot like of fun. I really enjoyed that. Uh, the, the, uh, the work we put into it during the week, it took a couple of days to get done, but I thought it was a completely planned out good and uh went down without any 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 problems at all i thought the text thread back and forth was was accurate and everything like that so uh this was really fun and i was i was really looking up to it you know what i mean and and i wanted to do it uh last weekend but unfortunately the fourth of july holiday comes up and people got plans and so on so but i'm glad we got it done I'm well, absolutely glad we got it done. Before we wrap it up, because I'm a girl that always likes to win, I had to see if I won the fantasy draft or not. Now, again, I throw it out there. I do not have social media. I may or may not be getting Twitter. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But Mark does. So I'd like to throw it out to the listeners of who you think drafted the best or whatever. But I do actually have numbers. Now, I did five categories to figure out who won this draft. The five categories are games played, points, time as a Bruin, a hundred, being on the 100 greatest player of all time, being a captain or winning a Stanley Cup, all counted as a point. Also Hockey Hall of Fame, okay? I did, yes, go back and make sure I had the goalies. So just so you know, uh, Tuka's got 15 assists, Tim Thomas had five, and Tiny Thompson had one. Sorry, Brinsick did not have any goals or assists for points. So in the first category, games played, Mark's total was 1,200 12,376 games played. That's a lot of games played as a team. But Inga's team, they played 13,893 points. Woo! Oh, whatever. For Inga. Whatever. I guarantee I, I'm going to win on points, not games. Okay, well, you want to bet? <laughs> That online AG it because I'd like to let you know that you have 9,538 points. I was a little nervous, okay, because that was the last category I added up. But in the end, Inga's got 9,769 points. How close was that? Ooh. How close was that? Yeah, it was close. Was it, was it really? I was nervous. I didn't think it was going to be was it. Was it, a, was it a difference of 500? I'm not good with the math. Yeah, 200. Oh my god! Like two hundred and forty or so. Oh, geez, that's close. So All right, good win in that category. You got two. You're up two. I got two. Two out of five ain't bad, right? Well, how about three? I can still five come back. Because time as a Bruin, Mark had two hundred and fourteen seasons with his players played as a Bruin, but this kid had two hundred and thirty-four <laughs> seasons as a Bruin. That's right. Three out of five. I automatically win, but let's finish it out, shall we? Because you know what, Mark, you did win a category. I got one. We tied in the Hockey Hall of Fame inductees. We both had eight, so that okay. was gosh, right. All right, so I'm one. I'm, I'm you won the category of a hundred greatest players plus Stanley Cup plus what was the other thing? Captaincy. So you had twenty-eight altogether in points on that. Feeling and good. I had I'm feeling good. I didn't get shut out. No shut out here. Six. No, no, no. 
No shutout, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have had a shutout anyways because we did tie on the other category and there's no shootouts in this shit. So anyways, woo, unofficially, Ingle wins the draft. All right. I didn't agree to this last category of the, uh, you know, crunching the numbers. I didn't have a chance to do any of that for myself, but. Yeah, well, you, you would know, anyways. You would have just let my geeky ass do it. You're so my friend know. and you're a lady, so I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I will conceive um, respectfully. How's that? Okay. Well, no. You can concede. 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 Or you can do this kind of shit. Like, concede. Look at, oh look at what the categories. I got all this. So, just you, I won fair and square. I'll send you the numbers. If you want to make charts. I can't believe I that word up. <laughs> no one's conceiving anything besides the <laughs> badasses are the best. No, no, no. Boston Beatdown okay. will crush you anytime. You know I'm sorry, but the let's do this in a five. Let's do this in a best of seven series. The numbers. Oh, fine. That's fine. Let's do an all time NHL draft sometime and see who also picks. Oh, Jesus. Maybe we should do that next week. Fun and get a couple other people in to make it more interesting. All right. We've got, to, we've got to wrap this up because time is getting really close. Um, rate and review. Uh, yes, please rate and review on all of your podcast listening platforms. Thank you so much to the Patreon members. We've gotten some new ones. I'm going to create a list for the, uh, an upcoming show to let everybody know on who's new and who's still around. We have, I think we have like 20 of them. It's awesome. Uh, and it's growing weekly. So uh, if you want to get involved, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast for your chance to win a Wayne Cashman signed puck. Oh, right Wayne here. Cashman on the Inga Badasses? That's Wayne right. Cashman? Wayne Cashman signed puck right here. If you can see that on the YouTube. Recently addition to the inventory. Terry O'Reilly, the Taz signed puck. All of these have... Uh, certificate of authenticity. This one I got yesterday for the Patreon members, and that's Vern Flannan and uh, Hall of Fame 1990. So, oh, yeah. we and I have like several more sitting over there that I just couldn't grab, don't have time to talk about it right now. But, like I said, if you want to get involved, it's just a dollar per episode. Every time we produce an episode, it's just a dollar. I think we're gonna do a ma uh, four minimum, possibly eight. So it would be $8 a month. I know it's at times are tough, but those guys that are sticking with us and still doing it, thank you so much. We really appreciate the financial um, contributions to help cut the cost of what we're doing here on the podcast and the website. Um, I want to thank, uh, uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Chris Mancuso. Got to thank Mancuso, the chess salad king. And Seltzer King for stopping by and talking uh, some hockey and what he's go got going on over at TopsoffHockey.net. Um, Heather, I want to thank you for getting back and uh, having fun. I had a blast on this one. This was really good. And I think we're going to be over, uh, but I don't care if it goes up on Anchor or not. It will go out on every other popular platform, so I really don't give a shit. But um, we, we tried to go as fast as we could, but we yeah. had to also cover the CBA and all that stuff too. So. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I don't care at this point, but I just had, I had fun. I'm glad that we got back at it after a week hiatus for vacation and, and super stoked that hockey's going to start happening with, with some news tomorrow when everybody reports to camp and in the next couple of weeks when, when they start to get into their bubbles, air quotes, and, uh, and start doing the, the whole uh, Stanley Cup playoffs 2020. So um, I want to say thanks to the listeners. 
I want to say thanks to the Patreon members. I, I already said that. Uh, thanks for the sharing. Thanks for the retweets. Uh, you guys are the best, and we couldn't ask for a better audience, to be honest, because we, we have fun, and you guys seem to really like it. Our numbers are getting up in the past couple of weeks. We've been hitting the uh, 1,000 download uh, area, which we were uh, mid-COVID shutdown when Coronaville came, and uh, we uh, ended up with like 500, but we're gaining, gaining numbers, which is awesome. And also- Obviously, because now that people can see me on YouTube, they're like, oh, I got to <laughs> But also, I do want to mention that we did cross a very huge threshold here at Black and Gold Hockey a couple of weeks ago. We did pass- the 250,000 download threshold. Uh, super proud of that. I want to give shout outs to myself for starting the podcast. Yeah, pat on my back. Uh, but I also want to say a uh, huge thanks to uh, Derek Tavecchio, who started the show with me and then shortly left after. Uh, Rob Tomlin, got to give a huge shout out to him. Uh, my England boy uh, was a, in a huge Bruins fan. And obviously you. You come along and uh, and uh, the past year, I totally, totally had a, been having a great time uh, doing the uh, you know the in studio recordings, but now we have ways to do it, technology, and take advantage of it. So uh, glad to have you, and, well, and thank thanks you for having me. Did you know that last uh, week or the week before when we had recorded was actually the anniversary of us finally getting a podcast out together? Remember we had tried during the cup final and right after and just the audio and then we yeah. drank too much and it was sloppy. It was just like, Oh a yeah. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, <laughs> we've been doing this for a year. Can you believe it? How do you yeah. tolerate me? Yeah. It was funny. The, I wish the folks could have seen us cause we were, we're, we're two old best friends that we went back and forth so many times. It was great. <laughs> we fight about hockey, but we're actually not fighting. We're agreeing, but it sounds like we're fighting. Anybody walking by is like, no, no. <laughs> Like, no, but this is why, you know, whatever Bobby Orr is the best player ever. I don't care what Wayne Gretzky's nickname is. And you're like, no, this is why he's the best. And we're like, but we're agreeing. But no, it's been fun. It's been great. Thank you, listeners. Fantasy Draft. Give Mark some feedback because if you like it, um, Inga's all about the silly off-the-rail segment. So if you help me help Mark, relax for some segments every now and then. Wow. We have Reaching we out. Have time, I'm just saying, when we have time, so... Let us know. And maybe someday I'll have Twitter. I don't know. Technically, I do. Someday. Have Technically, you do. I'm not sharing it yet. Some of you might start following you this week. Watch out. I'm yeah, that's right. At Black Eagle, you see right there. No. You'll be hey. my first follow, and I'll say this tweet's for you. <laughs> I don't know what else to do with I don't know how to use Twitter, so that might be all I accomplish is tweeting Mark. <laughs> all right, Boston fans. Thank you so much for everything. You guys have been absolute beauties throughout this whole thing. Uh, thanks to betonline.ag for sponsoring this show and many more. Uh, they've been uh, fantastic. So uh, be safe, be healthy, and Boston Bruins hockey is coming back. 2020 NHL playoffs start August 1st. Camps are open tomorrow, folks, tomorrow. Let's get it going. Heather, great to see you. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. I hate you. Your drafting sucks. But uh, anyway, I'll, you'll probably be back next week, right? I probably will come back, even though my drafting clearly doesn't suck as much as someone else. Yeah, you and your analytics numbers. Blah, blah, blah. I hate analytics. You like that? <laughs> All right. Everybody take care. See ya. Peace out. Peace.
Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.